to sell some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Model Club TV, episode 26. 26. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the help yeah. with the numbers. Yeah. Uh, Scott, how are you? As always, my co-host, Scott Johansson. I'm Good? great. I'm great. <laughs> you sound pleasant this evening. <laughs> I, I'm always pleasant. I don't know what your problem is. Uh, <laughs> I'm great. Thanks for asking. I don't care. I Go ahead. Anyway, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How was your 4th of July? Loud, noisy, uh, stressful on my dogs, and uh, I'm glad it's over. Yeah. You, you know what? That dog thing, it's really starting to annoy me that people complain. Why? Because. Has your dog ever barked? Has he ever barked? Um, not for eight hours straight. But has your dog barked? Um, when my dog barks, if my dog barks, I quiet my dog as quickly as I can. So has it's a neighbor not an annoying. Your dog bark? I can't answer that question. I'm not my neighbor. I've heard my dogs in the neighborhood bark. I don't like it. Really? So that it, day is. Does payback. it create PTSD for you? Do you mm. get in the corner in the mm. fetal position and say it's mm. dog barking? I was attacked as a dog. No. I think 4th of July is payback for me listening to dogs all, all year long. So oh. anyway, the dog lovers are going to chime in. Anyway, yeah. please, all dog lovers, <laughs> jump this jag off. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Uh, other than that, things are good. You had your, your uh, holiday party you usually have? I sure did. A big barbecue? Did you cook? The big barbecue, yeah. Did you swim? No, but I did swim. <laughs> For the first time in this pool since we've lived here. Wow. How uh, many years is it now? <laughs> last week or the week before. And uh, I scared my wife to death. Oh, no. Basically. You took your shirt off? No, I didn't. No, okay. I didn't. No. Oh, there's Scott in the pool. Oh, look at that. There I am in the pool. All right. <laughs> so um, I'd gone out there in uh, some sweatpants and my slippers, which my wife hadn't noticed. And a t-shirt. She says, those don't look like swim trunks. And I tell her, I'm not coming in. And she's in the middle of the pool going in a circle on a raft. So as she turns her, as, as the thing turns and her back is to me, I jump out of the sweatpants real quick. And I jump in the pool. And she's like, what the hell? She thought I fell in. And um, Wait, did you just oh, say you jumped out of your sweatpants? I No, I took my sweatpants off. But I still had swim trunks on. Okay. That's, I was under scared. the sweat. I don't live at Homewood. So um so I scared her. And uh I was in the pool for about an hour and I made a big whirlpool and you know I thought that was cool and then it was uh yeah, I'm bored. Let's get out of here now. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good fourth of July and a good swimming experience. I'm gonna share my fourth of July story here in a little bit. Um oh, I can't wait it for ties, this. It ties into our giveaways. And that's how I want to start this week's episode. We have our giveaways to do. And I want to kind of get that over with, because I'm sure people are excited. From our birthday extravaganza, we have giveaways. And we are going to start. What do you want to start with? The three or the Smilodon? Uh, wh whatever one you want to start with. This is really not that important to me. 
That's, what do you want to start with? That is staying in the episode so people know what I deal with. All right, we are going to start with the... <laughs> God damn it, you. Oh, man. What? The Smilodon. So we are the giving away... Smilodon. For the Smilodon. From who, Scott? Uh, Typhon Studios, Mike Calvert. Again, thank you. Um, we sure appreciate it. And uh, I think we got a lot of entries there. So, and there he goes. And the winner is. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Krauss. Krauss. Kurt Krauss wins the Smilodon. Kurt Krauss has won the Smilodon. Congratulations, Kurt. I'm going to make him pay for postage. <laughs> and you know what? You don't uh -huh. have to send me his address. I have it. All right. Excellent. So, so good. All right. Kurt Krauss has won. All right. For the Smilodon. This is a little more complicated. This is for the three. So, Scott, I do need you to call out the name of the kit first. Let's go with the Taurus. All right. So if this one says all three, it's that. No, this one's going back in because that was an invisible man. This one. Well, it's all three. Just... Custard. Custard, Custard has won the Taurus. Custard. Huh. And we'll ER or Custard like Cust ice cream. Turd like the poop. Oh boy. Can't okay, this one is what, Scott? Let's go with the uh, Cyclops. This is for the Cyclops. If it says all three are Cyclops. This, oh, I pulled, ex this is a Cyclops. Scott. Lookabill. Scott Lookabill has won the Cyclops. Is it a bill or a bill? Look, look, or... A bill. These are YouTube names, so sometimes they're a little bit messed up, but I think that's his last Yeah, name. I can't wait to see who Custard is. <laughs> <laughs> I know who it is. And finally, Invisible Man. Is this an all three or yes it is? Mark's hobby bench. Mark's? Hobby has bench. won the Invisible Man. Well, fantastic. Okay. So, all the winners, contact me or I'll like and get me your, your information or I'll reach out to you after you see this. Okay. So, we want to shout out again to all our um, kit donators. Um, the Smile at Don, Mike Calvert at Typhon Studios. Thank you again uh, for this is, I think, your second generous donation to uh yes model club tv and we appreciate that okay also the taurus from equinox uh given to us by rob madison on behalf of escape hash hobbies and todd powell thank you uh thank you um onyx digital and jamie sigh for the cyclops thank you and thanks jamie for all your help on our endeavor to become digital printers <laughs> um he hates me right now. I know. And I don't know if I should get the information for you because if dyslexic here is giving me <laughs> shit backwards, I could maybe never print something. Uh -huh. And uh, last but certainly not least, the Invisible Man, sculpted by Tony Cipriano, donated by Michael Reagan. Um, thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Um, that's a cool set of busts, by the way. I don't know if he's still running the sale, but those are really cool busts, and they look really cool bronzed and just, you know, sitting on your shelf. So, um, 
I actually need to get a couple of those from him because I really like him. The Invisible yeah, Man actually cool to me is yes. one of the nicest ones. So um, again, thank you to everyone who continues to donate to us um, for the giveaways. Uh, the giveaways don't help us, but they help you, the listener, and uh, or the watcher, or whatever. Yeah, either one. Um, and we appreciate that. And, we definitely uh, do. And we have another giveaway this episode by our we, friend Paul we Gill. We do. We do. And well, this one ties into a couple things. Uh, as we've talked about previously, I like my UFO stories and I like my alien stuff. Um, and so does Paul Gill. And in, he originally sent this as a celebration of the UFO report being released, which was turned out they did not say what they should have said they've kept a lot of stuff secret but anyway or maybe um, there's just not anything there to say no that's not what they said they said they can't explain it and they left they didn't leave a lot of stuff but for the government well, i have to go to the kitchen and get some tinfoil uh no but you do need to fix your camera and get i'm it. working on that thanks <laughs> um you don't need your tinfoil but uh i do have a ufo story and I've already told you this story, but I'm going to tell everybody my UFO story. I can't wait. I bet my story is better. Well, uh, go ahead. Maybe. Fourth uh, of July. I am in Michigan Cindy. Cindy. Michigan oh, here City. Here we go. Here we Michigan fucking City. I thought you Michigan City, Indiana. Jamie and I are on the beach, and it is sunset. There's a lot of people around us, and we are facing due north. And yes, I know. It's 4th of July. I know there's stuff flying in the sky. I know there are Chinese lanterns flying around. I know all of that. I saw a lot of that. I saw the Chinese lanterns, but this was not that. So if we are looking due north, which we were, out at the horizon, from, from end to end, it's water. You can see normally Chicago from there, and it's just on the very tip of the horizon, and that's a little bit north of west. The sun goes down west. Well, like like if you go just a little bit northwest, not you know, it's not due west, it's not northwest, it's in between. The sun sets at this point in time of the year. It's it sets at west northwest. Okay, so it's not it's up there. So when I'm looking at it, if I'm looking this way, the sun sets like kind of over there. As the sun in front of my eyes, you make it from my eyes. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what your eyes do. Um, the sun went down. And then you can still see glow up from the sun. There's a little gray, like, it's about an inch, less than an inch. There's a gray streak that's going across the sky above the horizon at a very high rate of speed to the point where it went from where the sun went down, which is not that far from Chicago, to about the middle of the lake. And then went into the water. Now, people will say, oh, it's a firework. It's this, it's that, whatever. That could be. But the size of this thing and the speed at which it traveled, I, I don't even understand. Because it went to the center of Lake Michigan from out on the uh, west coast of the lake, somewhere north of Chicago, and kind of left a trail behind it. I have a picture of it. But you can barely see it. It's just one of those. It's a gray smudge. Of course you can't see it. You can see it. There's a gray mark. You can see it in the sky. Please put it up here. (laughs) I will. And there's 
boats in the water. You can see the boats in the water. It's not that. It's above that. I'm fully expecting it could be some sort of mirage that when the sun goes down behind the horizon, it reflects something off of the lake and into the sky, and you can see it off the haze. It could be that. But the speed at which this thing moved, I don't even understand it. And the funny thing is, if anyone watches Skinwalker Ranch, they saw a UFO two weeks ago that looks exactly like what I saw. It's the exact same thing. And it was creepy. And if it was just me, if it was just me, I would totally go, yeah, Jason's crazy. But Jamie, who's a lot smarter than I am on most things, saw it at the exact same time I did. And we both saw it. So it wasn't just me. And it was going faster than any boat on the water. Anyway, so here's how you're going to win. Wait, stop. Oh, no, here we go. Could it have been a ship full of mermaids? Is mermaids going to be your next okay. conspiracy? Okay. I, I'm, okay, I'm just we're done. We're done. And they came in from space. The Bigfoot piloted them into space. <laughs> okay, I hate you. And their tinfoil hats. Okay. I hate you. So Paul Gill has sent along a little alien, little Roswell, Roswell tribute alien bust. I love this kit. It's nice and small. It's a nice little, just like practice painting using different paints. Um, nice little bust. And I have Paul Gale's paint ups here that I'm going to share. Um, and I'll put these in the uh, gallery at the end as well, but it's two pieces, great little bust. And thank you again, Paul Gale for another giveaway for the show, a tribute to the Roswell alien. And it's got a crashed UFO on the base. You got a little gray. So to get this, in the comments down below, you're going to have to either, you have to say some sort of UFO story. Either aliens are bunk and you think it's all crazy. Give us a UFO story. Tell us something about aliens or just say, hey, I want that alien kit. The word we'll UFO you. has to be in the post. Yeah. Or UAP. Yeah, make it harder. UFO or UAP. Come on. Okay. What if someone's dyslexic by you and they go <laughs> UFP and that's not one of the choices? You, yeah. Well, I'll figure out what they're talking about, but we're giving this away. And thank you, Paul Gill, again for another generous donation. And go from there. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate Thanks, it man. as always. All right. That's our giveaway this time. Uh, seen any movies, Scott? I'm saying I'm taking that as a no. We haven't had a movie discussion at all. Um, no, I was going to watch Black Widow, but they wanted like $30 to stream it. And I'm like, screw that. So I hear everyone's mad about the Taskmaster. Really? See, I haven't heard anything one way or another. I, I you know, I've, I've so given up on the Marvel stuff. Yeah, me too. It's, it's garbage. It's, it's all it's, garbage. Uh, I watched a movie called Super Deep on Shudder. It wasn't about what you thought it was. <laughs> no, it was not. It was, <laughs> it was not the porn I was hoping for. So, but it was a Russian sci-fi movie about a going super deep into the ground. And there's some really good stuff in there. Uh, not a great movie, not a terrible movie, but there is one of the coolest makeup effects I've seen in a long time. And it's, I think, totally worth seeing it for. And it's at the end. It's in an elevator. You'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. But Super Deep's pretty, I think, totally worth watching. Um, other than that, I haven't really watched anything. Uh, no. Anyway, news and reviews. Uh, Scott, what'd you get? What'd you find? What have I found? That is a good question. So the first thing I uh, have is at Wonderfest, I know I talked about 
picking up these uh, 3D dastardly and motley in their flying machines from Michigan Toy and Soldier. And it took them a little while to get them to me. I guess there was a problem with the owner went into the hospital and he had all the orders. Um, oh, that's never good. But they shipped them to me this week. And um, they're almost like little Funko versions. And they're not very big. Um, but uh, it's it's all the characters. Uh, Zilly, Clunk, uh, Muttley, and Dastardly. And, of course, Yankee Doodle Pigeon. So uh, come with the planes. Come unpainted, but you know you gotta assemble them a little bit and do a little work. But how many parts um, are the planes? A lot. Not many. Just... Depends on the plane, but no, they're not a ton. Maybe okay. seven, eight pieces. Yeah. So um, they were fun. You had one in your hand the other day. Um, oh yeah. One of the figures. So. Um, what are you talking about? <clears throat> and then um, the I other like thing Mutley. I got Mutley's one of my favorite characters. And what I found out, and 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 you know, I I don't want to get too sidetracked here uh, with the 3D printing, but what I did find out is I found out who actually sculpted these. And at first, I was gonna really jump Michigan Toy and Soldier shit a little bit here because it's like <laughs> this guy's got a Patreon. And, I love Michigan uh, Toy and Soldier, so please don't. No, and okay. so yeah, and I was really shocked that you know. So I'm like, what are they doing? They're just pulling somebody's work, and because this is one of the big fears um, yeah. of of digital printing. Well, so I find this guy's um, Patreon, and it's five bucks a month to join, and he has all kinds of files <clears throat> similar to this um, from different cartoons and shows. Recently, a Herculoids, and they're all kind of super deformed Funko style. You Wait, know, he's this got is Herculoids his... on there. Yeah, the, the Herculoids. I'll um here, I'll put a I'll send you a picture and you can put it up. All right, cool. But um Spy versus Spy from Mad Magazine, Frankenstein Jr., you know, and then he's got more modern things, uh, Doctor Who, Indiana Jones. And they're like they said, they're like little Funko Pop style figures. And so for five bucks, you get access to all these STL files. So I'm thinking to myself, so these guys took this STL file and just printed it and they were selling them. Well, it turns out if you read the guy's rules, he doesn't care how many you print and sell. He just don't want you to give the file away, which yeah, is like, yeah. makes no sense to me. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> because it's, it's, but it, this is what I've been trying to talk to Tony Cipriano about. Tony, you have to do a Patreon. It, it's, you have to get past, I think a lot of sculptors and, and producers. Yeah. Don't pick on poor Tony now. Yeah. No, it's, it's a lot of people. It, and it's even mm -hmm. like, it's the same with AFM. It's why AFM didn't go digital for so long. Um, it's about the subscribers. So no. this guy, and this is just a, you know, again, I don't want to get too sidetracked with this. So he has 778 Patreons, Patreons. Mm -hmm. Patrons. Times $5. Okay. And he's getting... $3,890 a month. Times that by month. 12. Times that by 12. Times 12. And yeah, maybe somebody drops off. Maybe that people yeah. come on. $46,680 yeah. a, a year. year. So that's what I'm trying to explain. to, to Now, Tony. do they get all the money from the Patreon or does Patreon take well, a cut? Well, Patreon takes a cut. So there's, I mean, but it's not like, it's like, you know, it's part, it's part of the service. 
So you can just kind of work that into your price. But you're not so much caring about the files. You're caring about keeping subscriber base. It's like Netflix for model kids. And it's, it's the way everything's going to go. A, a lot of this. And if you can get, like I said, 700 and some people following you for five bucks a month. And that's only at a $5 tier. I know a lot of other guys, if you want to sell their, uh, if you want to print and sell copies, sometimes it's $30 a month and they charge you more to do that. And so then you're making more off the bat from there and, it, and you've already recovered any, like you would have sold one sculpture for like in a month, less than that. And I, I think people really need to start looking at that on our end of things. And especially the guys that are digitally sculpting. Yeah. If you can digitally sculpt, it doesn't hurt. <sighs> just put it up there and start a Patreon and just say, Hey, and then sell copies yourself if you want still and print it for people, but you don't have to anymore. And it's, it's a weird time. But anyway, like I said, we don't want to get too into the weeds on this. We do want to have our 3d sculpt, 3d printing episode uh, here. I think the next one. And we'll, I think get into sort some more of these like topics, maybe in some controversies or just how we do it. And, We'll have Jamie on and we're going to talk about some of that stuff, but yeah, it's a whole new world and and, exciting. and and if there's somebody that's like dead set against this, we'd love to have you on also and hear as to why, why you're against it. Oh, I'd love and, to have a great page because, and it's not, we're not here to bash you or team up on you. Um, it's just, I see these two worlds colliding. I think there's always going to be a separation, but there's parts of this that's, they're going to collide. Yep. So, and I, I think the more information we get from all sides, the better it's going to be in the long run. Once we get like everything kind of out on the table and say, Hey, mm -hmm. this is what's happening here. This is happening here. Here's how this is done. And people kind of just hash it out and just put all those questions out there and let people try and figure out the answers to it. Cause it's, it's coming whether you like it or not. It's, it's not coming. It's here. And it's, I think it's exciting and it can only make garage kids better. I think, but that's me. <laughs> I just host this stupid podcast. What do I, know? <laughs> I want to edit it and yeah. do everything. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, uh -huh. You even got today's guest. Ooh. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, the next thing I got was, um, and it's one I've been wanting for a long time. Mr. Cipriano is now selling these, um, I believe they're $150 plus shipping. And it is a Popeye, the classic McFlesher Popeye with uh, Eugene the Jeep. Um, and at first, and, and I'm going to be honest, and Tony, don't kill me. First, you know, when I saw $150, bucks, i go, man, that's a little pricey for that, you know. But there's a couple things that go on here with Tony's stuff. Tony prints solid, which is different than what a lot of guys do. Yeah. So it does take a lot more resin and time. Yep. The second thing is this thing is eight and a half inches tall, the Popeye. I didn't realize it was going to be so tall. And, and not even so, just, and I can say this too, he uses a more expensive resin. Yes. He, so a much um, higher quality resin than a lot of people use. And it's, uh, and, and again, they, so once I got this, it's worth every cent of $150 in my opinion. There's another picture here. And just look at the detail, like the two hairs that are coming out. Yep. That would never come out in a resin casting. Never. If it did, it, you'd break it off half the time when you're pulling it out of the mold. Yep. So um, it this is a really nice kit. Um, 
Tony was, uh, you know, got me uh, one right away because he knew I'd been waiting a long time. <laughs> and uh, he was in such a hurry that <clears throat> after he sent it, he got a hold of me and said, hey, I forgot to sand off the support <laughs> knobs on it. I'm like, I'll deal with it. It's okay. And Jason was here at my house the other day helping me set up my 3D printer and I showed him the Jeep part the Jeep, of this. There's a nice heft to that piece. It like yeah, it looks it, really small in this, but it's like it fits in your hand so well. It's like it's a really good, nice, hefty piece. Yes. And I'm gonna get on him. I want him to print me one bigger. <laughs> and then uh just a Jeep. And then yeah. when Mr. Uh, Dennett does his, um, I'll buy that one too. So John, don't get discouraged. I still yeah. am expecting yours. Because um, <laughs> I didn't bitch at you all this time to not get it. So anyway, um, those are really the only two things I've gotten. And um, I, it's been kind of slow. I've been buying stuff for the 3D printer and stuff. So um, yeah, and there's we'll, a lot. We'll talk a little about that in the workbench. Yep. But um, what I've been doing is going back and figuring out which ones I said I wanted to buy that I've liked in the last year. And one of those kits was Wolf Cup by David Schmidt. Uh, sculpted by Mark Van Tyne, released by David Schmidt, and cast by Paul Gill. Um, let me turn on the overhead cam and bring in the Wolf Cop. Uh, it's a lot bigger than I thought when we first saw those pictures. And you get two parts, three parts. You have the base, which is this tree stump. Uh, there's this on the bottom. Uh, and then he plugs in there nice easy build the casting in is like just flawless nothing to even really clean up this part just kind of plugs in and there's can the you, wolf can you make the sex sound again the what the, the sex sound yeah <laughs> that's, if that's your sex sound i'm kind of terrified mm -hmm. um but that's where we are that's it's our your sex sound. <laughs> and i love this piece and i love the movie if you haven't seen wolf cop please watch it it's funny I love how that his hand just dwarfs that gun and he still manages to get that finger through the trigger. Um, but it's a cool piece. And thanks, Mark Van Tyne. Side of the bottom. And but if you want your own 66 zombies at gmail.com, David Schmidt on Facebook as well. And he'll get one out to you. And thanks. I really, 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 really like this kit. So pick that up. Let's turn off the extra lights. Um, oh, glare's gone. Thank God. The other thing I got in the endless pile of miniatures is Dum -ba -dum -dum. new edition of Warhammer came out of Warhammer Age of Sigmar. It came with <laughs> tons more miniatures that are going on the pile. And but there's some really cool new orcs in there. I know you don't care about this shit, but I do. You get a really cool picture that comes in there, and you get... You know, my wife was doing a crossword the other day, and uh, it was... Uh, orc was the answer. It was a token... Was uh, it spelled O-R-C or O-R-K? O-R-C. O-R-C, yes. Well, now they're in this version, they're Oryx, and these are the cruel boys, but I don't. I want you to kind of get an idea of what goes into an addition box and the amount of model sprues that are in one of these. And it's just, so those are all styrene. Yeah, that's all styrene. So none of it's metal anymore. Like. Nope. All plastic. 
Some of them come resin, but not. Wait, see even more under there. There are some really cool like figures in there. So these will go on the pile. Probably get done in a couple years, <laughs> and we'll be from there. But that's a new addition to Warhammer, and I'm excited. There's some really. So cool 340. Ones. Jason finally finishes his Warhammer orcs. <laughs> Johansson won't die. Oh man, I better live. There. That's it for me. What I got here's some things that were sent to us and what we got new from Gilman Productions through the Jaeger Army uh, is Peter on a platter, and it is a quarter scale Jeff Jaeger sculpt, and it will be 120 plus shipping. Uh, available late August September, and more info at the Jaeger Army Facebook group. Um, it's not an exclusive, but you can get it through there and please check out the Jaeger army, but this is a really cool piece. It's from the movie, the house that drip blood. Yep. And, uh, based on cover art. And I don't know if this cover art was the poster art because famous monsters would do that sometimes, but the cover of famous monsters, number 86. And, um, it's uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's really a nice sculpt. Um, the base is cool. It's yeah, I'm really impressed with this one. Yeah, it's a nice looking piece. I really like that base, the blood dripping. Head over to the Jaeger Army if you want to pick up this piece, and I think the info should be there somewhere. So that's where you go. Or check out Paul Gill on Facebook. He'll help you out. Or Jeff Jaeger. Or Jeff Yeager. Yep. All right. Next up, uh, we have from Banshee Studios. Uh, they also have a Facebook page. Uh, they're working on a website, I know. And if you would like to talk to them, uh, Banshee Studios at virginmedia.com. But we have some cool, neat little bus. They're based out of the UK. So if you don't want to pay shipping on something coming from over here in the States, uh, these are local for you. Uh, the Monster, the Bride, uh, a wolfman who I really like the pose on this wolfman. Yeah, and I think early one of the earlier episodes I I did put this kid out there okay. because I like the pose as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a good pose. And then there's a Jekyll and Hyde as well. Yep. So check them out. Yeah, I and I believe early on I talked to the gentleman that sculpted this stuff, Russ Roby, and uh was a really nice guy. And I really like the pose on the wolfman. It's one that I always thought would have been a cool kit. And someone finally made it. Yeah, it is a I, yeah, really nice stuff. If you get a chance, check them out in all these places, and we'll put that informa information down in the description as well. And that's what we have for stuff we found. Uh, it's time to shame Scott in this part. Uh, we have had our contest between the two of us to build our kits. I'm shaming myself here a little bit too, actually, to build our three kits in the year. I've gotten one done. You've gotten zero. And Kendall Conniff managed to throw together this ridiculous diorama of the kit that he just won two episodes ago, three episodes ago. And it was not that long ago that he won the Monster Jones prize pack that had the Elvis Burger King model in it. And he finished it already and did this amazing I think really cool diorama. So instead of kind of throwing these pictures up here, I'm going to do a quick slideshow. Check it out.
Scott, what'd you think? It's really cool. Um, I, man, the close-ups, the the hamburger meat. Dude, the meat is crazy. The, it looks like the, real hamburger meat. Like ketchup bottle, the grinder, the cheese. Um, just yeah, all of it. And so um, well done. Even the tan line on his butt on his plumber's crack is really cool. I think my I, the grill, the grease on the grill. Is just like spot spot on. No, nasty. It's yep. like yeah, I'm glad I'm not in that kitchen. Yep. And I think my favorite little thing is the jar of peanut butter, bananas, and the burgers, because that was Elvis's thing was the banana and peanut butter sandwich. If you have not had peanut butter on a burger, it is glorious. It is really really good. Give it a try. But Kendall, you have knocked it out of the park on this thing, and I I mean. This back when we were doing the model club contest, this is what the spirit of this is modeling. It's not just painting. It's making stuff. It's doing a cool idea. And I, I hats off to you, man. Kendall, this is great. And thanks for sharing it. And well, well done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. This reminds me too, when I see the product placement, I wonder if he's getting any money out of this. <laughs> um, is it deal with but- if anyone needs a deal with Heinz, it's me. I go through so much. I was at the comic store the other day, and I don't know if you remember the wacky packages. Uh-huh. Okay. They now have little wacky packages, the actual product, and they're small like this. Oh, yeah? And you can buy them, go on eBay and check them out. But, of course, you know, there's rare ones. Oh, they're all. in the, the blind boxes? Yeah, yeah. Or they'll show you some of them, and you get yeah. three. Yeah, so I don't know. But cool. it's... um. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny. This was a, it reminded me of these little wacky packages, things that have just come out. But great job on this. Yeah, this is killer. And, and uh, yeah, if you're getting money for product placement, then we want money for product <laughs> placement. So. True. All right, it's time for the workbench. The workbench. All right, Scott. How's the workbench been treating you? Well, let me, here's my pictures. Of my workbench you got pictures this time i'll send you a picture oh yeah okay great all right how's your workbench going well uh i think you know because you were here helping me set up a new workbench and uh <clears throat> as we talked about right prior to wonderfest i picked up an elegoo saturn 3d printer and over time with the Jamie size help and Jason. Um, I've been picking up little odds and ends here, the mats, uh, you know, various things you need for. And there's you know, a lot for this, for this 
Awesome. And we'll get more yeah. into that the next episode. You know, microfiber cloths yeah. and stuff like that. Glass, special glass cleaner. So anyway, Jason came over, got me going, um, set up my washing station, and we did our first print, which when I got home last night, I had been out with some friends, and you have friends? they wow. came out. Yeah, you're a rook. And this is the test piece, and I don't know if, if, if the people can see it, but there's like a staircase in there. There's also like this little helix thing that printed right there. You can kind of see it. Hold on. It runs down the middle and twists. Yeah. And um, along with the rest of some lettering that you're probably not going to be able to read because it's not going to focus in on it. Yeah. But, but it was successful, um, and that's important. Right? It was successful, and I actually printed two of them. <laughs> and um, man, we should have a giveaway. Um, give the rooks away? I, yeah. Give the rooks away, yeah. <laughs> We could give those away. Yeah, there's no giveaway. We yeah. could just print one up and give it away. Uh-huh. So anyway, um, downstairs right now, I started my first print, which is a uh, Yosemite Sam. And uh, oh wait, what is it? It's Yosemite Sam, or for those illiterates out there that say Yosemite. And there he is. Jason printed his up. Done. That's good size. Yeah, this was uh, like. It's 150% when that little file pops in. But yeah, it printed fairly easy. And it's really nice. Nice little piece. That's a $5 file. And from what I can tell from the slicing software, about $4 worth of resin. Yep. And uh, it's a nice size. You could paint that really quick. And, um, you know, it's a cool, it's, it's a nice, you know, I think that file's ten dollars now because I think I bought it on sale. But still, yeah. you know, it, it's um, it's exactly why I bought this thing. So, um, and we'll I see bought what comes it as out. well. And uh, I, if I may say something, I just noticed your beard looks a lot like the supports it's on the three D printer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, kind of does. So, um, yeah, it's important well, to have a big long head of yours. So anyway. <laughs> Um, I'm hoping my print comes out as good as yours. Now, are there any flaws on yours? That you, do, uh, no, you redid it, it the head. Me, I redid the head because something weird happened with the nose. But it, you know, it came out okay. Which I, I mean, back to like my side of the workbench here. This week for me in 3D printing was a nightmare. I've done, I was having such a good run of things. And then I just hit a wall where like everything was failing. And now I'm kind of back where things are working again. So it's hit or miss. It's really disheartening. Put sometimes. that thing up again. I want to see it again. You can edit it out, but I want to see it again. So how tall is that? You think? It's I don't know. <laughs> Put it next. Would you glue head. it together already? Wait, now my camera won't. No, it's not glued. Um, um, it's that big. That's pretty good size, though. Yeah. I mean, considering yeah. he was a shorter character. Yeah. And that thing keys in that well. It just the base is a little flimsy, but I think the base should be heavier. I almost printed my base solid. Yeah, I did. I did. Well, did you? I think I hollowed mine out actually. The base is only that thin. You can't hollow it. I mean, it's like core. It's just it's really thin. So yeah, that's that. What else are you doing workbench wise? I've got to work on those parts. As you saw, my basement's a little bit of a mess. My work area is a little bit of a mess. So in the next day or two, I'll be down there. And while this printer's running, 
So for those that that hat takes about seven hours to print. Yeah. With the uh, 3D printer. So. Uh, but did um, you? How much did you get done with the dragon and stuff for the wacky racers? No, I Nothing. haven't started yet, but it's <laughs> it's coming. All right, cool. Uh, I finished up my AFM articles, and I still have to write it, but I did finish a little quick preview, my little anime girls, and there was some bumps in the road, but, and I don't want to show them, like, super good on here yet, so just quick preview of what they turned out like. There are some parts that didn't fit, some that fit fine, and other, it's just your usual building model stuff, but yeah, that's about where we're at with Workbench, so. Our interview this episode is none other than Robert Trock. Scott, what can we say about Robert Trock? Nothing good. No. <laughs> no I love Robert Trock. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He, uh, he's into a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's kind of like DeConte. He doesn't do anything small. No. Um, but just a real good guy, a native uh, Illinoisan. Chicago. Area. But uh, he's been in New York long enough. I guess you guys can have him. Yeah. Um, he's still got her no, accent, I, though. It's, I, I got to know him more in the last five years. And he's just he's just always a good guy, always positive. And he's uh, really been supportive of us doing this. And, and know, Model Club when we were time. doing the contest, too. So yep. it's, it's great to finally have him on. We've been, it's one of those people we've been trying to have on since the beginning. And it finally came together this time. And enjoy. Our talk with Robert Trock. Oh, oh sorry, Decapitano. Looks like you gave the wrong answer. <laughs> Time for sudden death, you loser. All right, everybody, we are back with Robert Trock, our guest this episode. How you doing, Robert? I am doing great. And I said your name right this time, correct? Yeah, you did. I've, I've heard it. I mean, think of the words that rhymes with. So imagine in school, <laughs> when I was in grade school and, and middle school, the words that rhyme with that. So Yeah, I heard it all. Yeah, I get, yeah. I get Skywalker and Walker, Texas Ranger all the time. <laughs> and when they start Johansson. to say it, I go, yeah. Johansson. I get Johansson sometimes. Johansson. Ingemar. <laughs> I so know a guy when yeah. it, oh, been? good. Good. Oh, busy, busy. What's Between keeping you the, the most busy these days? Everything. It seems like I have the fitness business. So that keeps me kind of busy. Uh, we kind of open up the fitness studio. So we have a few people in there, but most of it's still virtual. Then I have this, uh, five, uh, story brownstone that I own. So I've had a lot of trouble during lockdown last year with tenants not paying and dealing with the bank and some people moving and bring people in. My daughter got married and so it's her and her new husband moved in here. It's just one thing and then something's breaking, then I got a flood, then I had this, that, <laughs> and the and uh, a diorama. So whenever I have time, I'm working on a diorama whenever the uh the woman lets me. I thought he was going <laughs> to say diarrhea. I thought he was going to say diarrhea for a minute. And I go, what else can go wrong? <laughs> uh, what part of the world are you in? For people who don't know, we are. I am in Brooklyn, New York, the garden spot of New York City nowadays. Okay, how long have you been there? Oh Jesus, uh, 
40, 41 years. Hard wow. to believe. Wow. Yeah. So when I came here, like you know, six. New York City was. I I I originally was from suburban Chicago. What's up? I got. Uh, was born in Des Plaines. Okay. In Lutheran General Hospital, to be uh, precise. Oh. Then uh, I went to kindergarten there, and then we moved up to Riverwoods Deerfield area. So I was up there all through high school, and uh, went off to college for just about a semester and quit. Uh, I wanted to play drums, which I did. So me and my buddy, who was a year ahead of me in high school, we came out here to New York City. 1979, we scoped it out. We knew a girl that went to a art uh, Pratt Institute, the art college here. It's right around the corner, actually. It's right near here. And uh, I, I had no idea I was going to still be out here all these years. I got married <laughs> out here, got divorced here, had a daughter here, learned you know, uh, all different trades here. So. Here I am. You, you were in New York as a drummer during some of the yeah. best music times in the history of the world. Now I knew a lot of those people. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Favorite show? Yeah. Can you just real quick off the top of your head? Favorite, favorite band? You live saw? show? Yeah. Oh, favorite band? Then? Yeah. Uh, I saw the, the Dead Boys, the punk band. Uh, by the time I got here, they were just about done because the drummer had been stabbed and, and almost died. <laughs> so they had a uh, reunion show at the Ritz. It's not the Ritz anymore. Now it's the, uh, uh, what do you call it, hall? I can't remember what it is. And um, that uh, at, at that show, they had all five of them played. Joey came and introduced them. Uh, Johnny Thunders was there. You know, all these guys. So. Yeah. A lot of them are dead now. <laughs> and the Dead Boys, it was really a great show. I mean, I could see why they were a great band. It's only I was lucky to see them that time. I saw a famous public image show here once where they had a riot. Nice. They never, long story, they actually didn't play on stage. They just had a movie screen down and uh, it was just feedback. And they just, they just showed a, whatever's going on behind the screen, it was, not a band. I can't even remember. <laughs> so people were throwing chairs from the balcony, and there's a riot outside. It was that was a typical. Yeah, I've been to a show like time. that. <laughs> it was a typical time here. Very <laughs> cool. Shows, yeah. So all the places were were here then, you know, CVs and all of them. So See, the closest I ever came, and yesterday was the anniversary of it, actually. Uh, disco demolition at Old Comiskey oh, yeah. Park. Were you there? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I remember that. I did not go on the field, but I was there. So oh, that's awesome. I'm proud of you for not going on the field. <laughs> like, we were in the upper deck, and we were baseball fans, too. So we're like, okay, it was a double header. So we're like, all right, let's get on with it. You know, and, and uh, it was crazy, though. It was, like, surreal. Just People were throwing records and stuff. And it's like, you know, throw a record, like, across a baseball field. And some unsuspecting person gets hit in the head with it. You're gonna slice them open, okay? <laughs> it, it was. It was insane. It was. So I think I was 16 at the time. I For those of you who don't 15. know what disco demolition is, Google that and watch Most the video. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, it was crazy because um, it was pre-cell phone, and uh, we were in the car. We were stuck in the car at 35th and Shields, 
uh, right nowadays you'd be dead at that corner. Oh yeah, and um, so we're like it's the same corner for like forty five minutes, and we're like two cars back, and the cops aren't letting anybody go through. And we got a block, and we're in the Dan Ryan going home. And uh, so me and my buddy get out of the car because we're smart asses and go up to the cop and say, hey, man, I've been sitting here like an hour. What What's the deal? And the cop said, you want to know what the deal is? And I go, yeah. And he goes, do you know what's down the street? And my buddy says, the police station. He goes, that's right. And if you don't get back in your fucking car, <laughs> that's where you guys are going to spend the night. And we looked at him and said, thank you very much. Turned around and went and got back in the car. But the bad thing is by the time we got home, all of our parents had called each other and were freaking out because they had no way to get a hold of them. So they didn't right. know if we were all that was on the news was a big riot broke out and and, and all that. So yeah, it was uh, yeah, disco demolition. <laughs> disco demolition. Is he uh, Steve Dahl? Is he still he, in Chicago? Yes, he was just on the radio up until like last year again. Uh-huh. Now he's now he's doing podcasts. He's doing this. So really? he's still around. Uh-huh. All this aside, how did how did you get into Garage Kid? I, well, if I probably really where I started, like probably most people that come on this our age, it was Aurora Kits back in the early seventies. So I had all the monster ones, I, all the superhero ones. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing, but I built them. Right, <laughs> kept the boxes. I think when we moved. I blew some of them up or threw some away and burned them. I can't remember. Burning they them all, is always fun. Burning, yeah. They died. They died in bad death. So by then I was way out of that. I was, you know, by that time, by the time I came here, I'd forgotten all about any of that stuff. So I was, it was eight years straight of booze, drugs, everything <laughs> here. <laughs> so, uh, all that stuff was, and then when the smoke kind of cleared, you know, eventually I got <laughs> literally. <married. laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know what happens? The, the group, the guys, start splintering off. People, it gets to be too much, and some of them go off. They do something else. They get married. They join another band, or whatever happens. And then you're kind of left thinking, "Well, what am I going to do now?" Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I kind of, I started learning. Uh, I worked for my uh, landlord. He renovated buildings, so I started learning how to do a renovation. That kind of work. Got married. Uh, once I had my daughter in '95, I think it was. I was starting to go. Um, me and a friend of mine went to Chiller. I said, "What is this Chiller thing? This looks cool." Because he used to like to watch uh, old Universals and movies like that. So I went there and I started seeing all these kits that I didn't even know existed. This was like mid ninety or mid to later ninety six, maybe ninety seven. I was blown away by this stuff. So what the fuck is this stuff? <laughs> so I saw how much it was. I said, ah, I can't. I'm not gonna. I can't get into any of this. And eventually, I kept seeing it and seeing it, and I got really back into Japanese uh, kaiju movies again. By the time my daughter got a little older, because she enjoyed them. And it kind of pulled me in, so I bought a couple of Billikens, and I built them. And that's where it started. I just uh, just kept going to Chiller, and that's where I met, you know, a lot of the New York guys, you know, Saul and uh, Scott Kelly and Finn, the late Finn, yeah, no longer with us, and all those guys. Then um, 
it was pretty early on that I started looking at them and saying, you know what, they look kind of okay standing there. That one needs a better base. And that was one of my days of diorama. It started pretty early on for me. I started accessorizing. And not too long after that, I would throw the bases aside and make one. That's what I always do now. Boom. <laughs> now that they're like this big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still have the whole room project? The the. I had to, yes. But I had to take it apart uh, for now because the fitness studio, I expanded into that room too. So uh, the dioramas that we're building now are all parts of that. They all plug into that big one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When you yeah. say we, do you have an oh, imaginary that's... friend? Who are you talking no, about? No, that's uh, Eric <laughs> in my uh, – you guys have met him. Yes. Down at Model Club. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Eric Hamilton, uh, this project, this diorama, this diorama of miracles, I call it. <laughs> I call it that because it will be a miracle if I ever finish it. It's when it's done. At last count, there was at least like 170 kits in this thing. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. picture if you went to Disneyland. Here's how Terry described it once. Terry Webb it was a. Uh, it's kind of like the Disneyland. He said, "I've always thought someone should do something like this." When he first saw it, uh, you know, how we're here is science fiction land. Here's uh, whatever land. Here's Frankenstein land, whatever. So it's got every everything in it. Okay. And um, I knew I needed help with this. So while we, we were doing our Halloween shows, which I'll I'll talk about in, later, uh, Eric, who I worked with, we worked really well together for these big shows that we did. And so when we when I closed them down in 2015, I said, okay. Let's do some diorama stuff. And he, and he came from a painting background. He went to art school anyway. So he said, yeah, because he used to paint miniatures, the, mm -hmm. you know, these size. So we've done uh, one, two, three. We're working on our fourth one now. Our fourth diorama, okay. yeah. So he's, uh, he's right there. He's loving it. Uh, and I need the help because I'll never get all this done, just me. Where do you keep these giant things now at this point? <laughs> yeah, a couple are, well, I got this one here that I brought right. in, but uh, a couple of them are in the other room. The, uh, there's a couple more in the basement. When I get my fitness studio partially closed off, I'll have my room back and I can uh, move it back in there. Or I'm just going to sell this place and buy a, go upstate <laughs> and buy a house somewhere <laughs> and have a barn outside yeah. and put it in there. That's really my dream. That's kind of what i'm starting to go i've lived here long enough that's kind of my dream too at this point get out of the city get a farm a yeah barn. yep yeah yeah and scott can combine you know milk the cows for you yes he can milk the cows. i have a big barn thanks <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh, the big the big diorama by the way the diorama of miracles speaking of hell so an idea occurred to me years ago I said, it would be really cool. First of all, I'll never be able to paint all these uh, in time before I die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it would really be cool if I talk to people, you know, that I, that I know that are good painters, decent painters, and ask them, pick any figure in this diorama that you want to paint. 
and we'll put it in there. It has to stay in a diorama. You can't have it, but it stays in there. And you make or we make a little plaque says, you know, built and built and painted by so-and-so. So I've asked a few uh, people and yeah, they're, they're keen to do it. So that's, that's a great also, idea. Yeah. So Jason, you never know. I might be asking you. I'll do it. I'm down. I'm game. Yeah. God, I would ask you, but you know, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have 10 years to wait. <laughs> uh, apparently you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's true. see who gets done first. Um, <laughs> Oh man! Uh. <laughs> How did you find? I we didn't officially first meet. I think until Model Club won the first contest we did. No, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah. And, but I went back and I was looking when Matt passed away. I was looking at pictures, and we're standing next to each other, like in the background. You're here talking to somebody, and I'm like right there, and we're standing next to me. And, and like some of these pictures I found, I'm like, how have I never like actually talked to you? Until I saw then, that it was picture. so weird. I yeah. saw that picture. I was talking to uh, uh, Lonnie and yeah. Sue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know how yeah, I think I heard you guys mention this. It's funny. You just kind of travel in these circles yeah. a lot of times, and you don't meet some of the people outside of it for whatever reason. I try to. That's why I go to the the parties and stuff to try to when I'm at Wonderfest, so I can meet some other people. So I'm not stuck in the in the New York uh, mafia out here. Yeah, get away from those guys, man. They'll bring the you Jersey down. mafia. Let's get it straight. Not the New York mafia. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the Jersey. The yeah. Jersey mafia. Now that Saul was moved. Wait, uh, Saul moved too? Yeah, he Saul moved, moved down to yeah. Florida, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm one of the few, like, uh, uh, like uh, you could call me maybe a mascot, because... <laughs> I don't have an Italian name. <laughs> All those guys. Or yeah. the accent. Yeah, or or you, the accent. You don't I have don't have that either. either. I got the Chicago one. That's the I only good one. So. That's funny. When I meet girls from Buffalo, <laughs> it's a similar kind of accent. And I always like them automatically. The Buffalo <laughs> girls. <laughs> we do have uh, the best accent. Uh, what was your first year going to Wonderfest? Do you remember? That wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't go to Wonderfest for quite a long time, because when I was married and uh, had my daughter, there was no way I was going to be able to go down there. I would have got my head chewed off. It wasn't going to happen. So uh, I used to just go to Chiller always, and people there would tell me, "So you got to go to Wonderfest. You got to go. You got to go." And I said, "Yeah, okay, someday, someday." So right after I got divorced, and the papers were signed that year. I think it was 2006. Boom. I was down to Wonderfest. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> finally. Finally. So, yeah, I got to meet a lot of new people once I went down there. It was, it was always just people at Chiller. That's all I knew. No, well, I had always okay. seen Robert's name, I think, whether I think it was, um, you were in a clubhouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had always seen his name, but I didn't know who he was. And then I think it was, one of the last times John Tucky came to Wonderfest <clears throat> is when I really, uh, you know, got to know him because he was helping John out as I was and a few other John Pettick. Um, oh yeah, he wrote both of you, and that's right. <laughs> yeah, and um, right. Oh, and the best story I have for that is so we had to put some parts in the box that shipped late. So so John gives them to Robert to to. Uh, uh -oh. Put these in the Dracula's, right? Okay. 
Yeah. And he looks over and he's like, All right, Robert, what are you doing? And, okay. So rather than cut the bottom of the box and like slide the part in and retape it. No. He's cutting the fucking box out right there. <laughs> with the knife. That Tucky's losing his mind. <laughs> I would have done that too. I and yeah. I just started laughing. So um Well yeah. you gotta understand with me with the kits and stuff. Like, I'm not afraid if you hand me, like, a $800 Japanese kit and I want to repose it, I'll just say, okay, fuck it, we're going to, let's start cutting. So, you know, I don't even think about that stuff. I yeah. cut it, and right after I did it, and you and Tucky were saying, what are you doing? I, said, I realized, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> the complete opposite of Scott, who dusts his box art. That's right, I dust, that's right, I collect box art. Uh, I got a box art graphic novel. I should I should do a you box should. art graphic novel. <laughs> oh man! So uh, then I've kind of known him since. Then I saw him at G Fest um, a couple times, I believe, and uh, yeah, Jersey yeah. Fest, obviously. Um, so uh, G Fest is canceled this year, still. Yeah, so two years said. in a row. Um, but there is a kaiju model thing toy show yeah, uh, yeah and it's down the street from both of our house scott i just it's in orlando Where? at the old space golf thing really? i just saw this thing yesterday look it up on facebook i'll share a link or something to it get it out there when it's is like, that it's called, That's later this it's this when weekend it? it's coming it's this week oh I'll i saw up that put it up there so yeah i'm sad that g-fest didn't happen again uh i've been yeah it's been a. I like that show so Oh, it was so hot. Remember that last time I was oh. there, Robert? Oh, God. That was you were there, John LeGrand, Larry Tribula. Um, Mike Wallace was there. Wallace was there, yeah. And um, we were down in the model contest room. It was fucking roasting in there. Yeah. Like the air conditioning had gone off or something. Yeah, it was busted. The, yeah, it had, yeah. yeah, it was off. It was out. That's where they do flashback weekend, too, and it gets hot in there for that. I yeah. Know. So, um, yeah. That was a great show, though, because uh, I came spe- specially because Takuchi uh, Yamada came out to that show, and I had never met him. And he's one of my all-time gods. Uh, all the stuff he had done, you know, I used to see in Hobby Japan all the time. Those great dioramas. So I met him, got to know him, and I took. And the month, uh, uh, about a month after G Fest, I was heading out to Japan that year. That was what twenty. 20- 19? Yeah. I think, yeah. Would have been. Yeah, 2019. So uh, I told him I was coming, and he had a little museum down in his uh, hometown. And I told him I'd try to contact him. So then I got to Japan, and I have a couple friends there. One of them's a big model guy. And he was taking me around, and here comes Yamada, dressed exactly in the same shirt and pants and everything he wore in G Fest. <laughs> like he never took them off. And he saw me. He said, "Hey, hey, we can't. I can't speak Japanese. He can't speak English. Yeah. So uh, Akira will will translate." And uh, I said, "I'm coming out to your place for sure." And he said, "Okay, okay." And he gave you know he gave me a little more contact information. So I went uh, a few days later. I took the train down there, and he and I were uh, texting back and forth. And uh, he came to the train station, picked me up in his car, took me over to the museum. He went. To, there must have been 50 he's probably he told me and we've got so many in a warehouse he probably has uh 
five hundred pieces, eight hundred pieces he's done. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you look at some of them, some of them are really are like wow. Yeah. And um, so I saw a lot of famous ones there, and I would ask them questions. We we had translators on our phones, <laughs> and tablets. And then he took me downstairs to a store in Japan, like the hobby shop will be part of a store. It won't be a separate thing. It's like in a mall, but they're all like in one. It's hard to describe. You'd have to go there. And uh, he showed me some Ultraman dioramas he did. They had that set up down there in this department store. That's kind of Japan. They'll do stuff like cool stuff like that. And then I said, are you hungry? He said, yeah. So he took us to a place. We had lunch. We talked about modeling and who we liked. And I brought up Shep Payne, Shepard Payne, who I uh, really admire. And he does too. So it was like, spent a whole afternoon with him. That was great. So the G-Fest, if nobody's ever seen Takuji Yamada's stuff, you really should look him up. Just amazing work. I, I I don't know how jealous I can say I am right now. I like, just <laughs> Japan is my dream trip. Like it's just, mm. and now I don't even know if it'll ever happen with what's going on. But wow, how cool is that? When you first got off the plane in Japan, what was your first like? Oh, this is not America. That wasn't my first time. That was okay. my fourth fourth time. So my oh, first man. time. <laughs> so my first time there. See what I the was... bias. See what yeah, the bias. Hmm. Scott, should we make the rest of the show just me making him grovel? Oh, God, please. <laughs> I get bored doing it. So, uh, The first one I went there, I timed it, so I was there for the premiere of GMK. Oh, wow. So I was there for that. That was 2001. Yeah. Uh, December 2001. So I went there, and I was at the, at the theater. I met Sean Lincoln back uh, down there. Out down there, out there. If anyone knows who that is, he was a big Godzilla toy guy back in the day. So he knew his way around. He showed me around. But when I first, yeah, I got off the plane, I was like, I didn't. Yeah, it's overwhelming. You, this is not. I can't speak the language. I mean, everything's marked pretty good there in English, and they're very helpful. So. I found that out pretty quick. Learning to use the subways in Tokyo was, was an ordeal at first, how they use the tickets and stuff. Because New York, I didn't have to do any. It's a different yeah. style. You just hop the turnstile, right? You're one of those. You do a turnstile, but they have like a ticket. And you, <laughs> don't, you pay. In New York, you get on the train, you just pay a flat fee. Yeah. There, if you're going to a certain destination, you have to look. It'll, it might be more or less than if you went six stops later. So it charges you that way. Yeah. So you have to get it on the machine or you have a a pass that'll just charge it automatically when you come in and leave the station. That's how it does it. Wow. Then you have to do the money conversion thing in your head, I'm sure, at that point. I'm so screwed. <laughs> well, yeah. the first time, yeah. I didn't have yeah, anything on my phone to convert. But actually, the first time, it was really close. So, uh, you know, 100 yen might be very close to like a dollar let's say okay they were they were within 10 cents of each other so if you go at a time like that it's easy okay talk slow robert jason's head is steaming right now you're doing math okay when i went to germany it was the same thing Uh, i didn't know how to order food (laughs) it was just like what so i purposely would just we were at a music festival and i just purposely went to burger king like 10 times 
because I could point at the number oh, two you can just point. and just go, ah, I want that. Well, but, that's what I had to do in Japan. Yeah. You you go in a, at a restaurant, a place, they have so many places to eat. There's like pictures of the food outside. And sometimes they can't speak anything, so you just point. Yeah. But they like they like when American come in there because sometimes they try to talk and joke around with you mm-hmm. a little. <clears throat> I've made some – I've that had a so really cool. great times going out there, actually. Very cool. <clears throat> Let's get into some kits. So this yes. Edison Frankenstein that you shared with me. That's part of the uh, big Frankenstein uh, after the lightning uh, diorama that Eric and I did. Okay. We had that about two-thirds done, maybe, maybe a little less than that, at Model Club that time. I don't know if you remember it. Yep. And then I worked on it all summer, and we took it to Jersey Fest, and uh, it, it like it won the best of show, won the best diorama, won I forget everything. <laughs> so, and we have more pictures of that piece too. Um, uh, how do you like when you build something like that? I've seen what you had to do, but for everyone else, he brought this from New Jersey, New York, all the way down to Kentucky. Explain the the nightmare of carrying that thing around. Well, when I build them, I always keep in the back of my mind that I got to be able to transport the damn thing. So the the one we're working on now, for instance, I'll tell you about that one. Okay. I, I don't want to give it away too much, but uh, so I have to make the base in pieces. It'll come apart. The figures come off. So we have to make boxes special for some of them. So I found for the big pieces, I get the really thick foam core. And I make boxes out of those, and that protects the stuff really well. And you can stack stuff on top of that. And the card, uh, we Eric now makes um, for the figures, for all the figures now. This is really great. I got so sick of, you go to a show, you would see Tucky doing this, speaking of John Tucky, <laughs> we were earlier. <laughs> you know, you bring all the build-ups to a show, it's all wrapped up in bubble wrap, you have to unwrap them, put it out, and for two days or whatever it is at Wonderfest, and you got to wrap them all back up in bubble wrap. You're there for forever doing it. Eric now makes boxes. We find a box that fits the figure, and you buy a bunch of foam, thick foam, and he cuts out an uh, imprint for it, puts it in, has an imprint on the top, we put it on, close the box, and mm. it's been amazing. So because we had to move so many things, we came up with these ways to – I like that idea it. much better than wrapping with foam. Oh, I, just, I got so sick of doing that. And every yeah. time you wrap them, it, fingers break or something comes off. Or I'm sure we've all had to yeah. deal with that. How many yeah. hours did you have into this? The, the Frankenstein one? Yeah, because yeah, I'm showing those pictures now. That was, jeez. Uh, was less than I, well, I can't say hours. I'll say time. Okay. <laughs> on and off that thing, probably when I first started it, then I had a long gap when I didn't work on it. I'd say a year and a half to two years that thing took. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> because there's bashing and everything there was scratch built almost. The original the idea for this one, I will go to the first Model Club 1 entry in a second. But for this one, what was your initial, like, this is what I want to make? It was big. For, originally, I did it for the big diorama, the big diorama miracles. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a centerpiece for it. And I wanted a Frankenstein laboratory. 
and uh, John, uh, John, uh, there's a lot of John's Tucky's kits in that one. Uh-huh. So I had them. I said, huh, why don't I do a scene with the bride and the doctor, both the doctors and the monster? And I said, well, the phantom would look, because the way the big diorama works, there's like little scenes next to each mm-hmm. other. And some of them interact, some of them don't. So we'll put the phantom with Christine next to that. And then uh, decided, what well, we put, instead of uh, Fritz, we'll get the real hunchbacks and we'll put them up there. That'll look cool. <laughs> and then I had this idea for, I got from uh, Shepard Payne about uh, a half-silvered mirror. That Edison Frankenstein's hidden behind a half-silvered mirror. So if with that, it reflects like a regular mirror from the front. But if the room is a little bit, not too light, but it's a little bit dark and you light the back, you can see what's behind it. And there's a reflection going on at the same time. So it gets this cool effect. So my buddy, I got to call him out, Matt Lawrence. <laughs> Matt's my guy. So Matt, when you're watching this, uh, thank you, as always. Matt, Matt who? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lawrence Matt. Hey, he was on. Hey, we had him on. <laughs> I met him at... Uh, the first Jersey Fest when Dave uh, did it at the college, when Dave moved it out of the basement. <clears throat> and I went to Matt because I, I brought that big diorama there. Dave asked me and I said, well, let me see if I can move this. I'll never do it again. Uh, so, I, yeah, I brought that to Jersey Fest. We put it together there. I'll never do that again. Now it's even bigger. Uh, and uh, that Frankenstein lab, you could see it in a rough stage on that if, if it was if you were closer in that picture it's sitting okay. on top of the table yeah. and uh, when i add more stuff to it i have a king kong way up on the wall and he's facing off godzilla that's on the other side of the diorama so, so there's a there's a creature of the black lagoon's gonna go on the side say rays down there what the know. what king kong you got up there it's the moohead one what a great kit that was <laughs> yeah. so, all right sorry go ahead yeah. It always ends up about Scott. You notice it? It's always. Yeah. <laughs> Funny about that kid, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I hear things about, oh, about, a, about a Scott Johansson Kong kit coming back again. I don't know. I keep hearing this. I don't know. It's, it's, it's coming. Is it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll buy Kongs. 33 Kongs. That's one of my favorite movies. So I'll get anything from that movie. Oh, if that Cipriano would finish that one he's got on the Empire State Building. Model Club One was your, what was the title? I'll let you say it. Uh, Mad Monster Party. Yeah, Mad Monster Party. And when, for those of you who don't know, and I wanted to bring you on to kind of talk about Model Club Two. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to sit, first of all, say thank you for being one of the first supporters of Model Club when we were doing our contest. And we're still deciding what to do going forward. But you brought your A game to that show into that contest and did exactly what we wanted to do in the spirit of the show, which was make something crazy and cool. And you totally did. So just kind of walk everybody you. through your uh, mad monster party. Well, first of all, when, when model club, when you guys announced that it took, I read it, took me two minutes to read it and say, Oh, I'm in, I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm in on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Cause you guys have, had a discussion about this before about in this hobby the modeling part i don't know it's still there but it's kind of not what it used to be 
it's a lot about, you know, taking something straight out of the box and painting it, which there's amazing painters who can paint a lot better than me that uh, I'm blown away. Yeah. The busts and the stuff they paint. I mean, that's, that's tremendous. And I, and I, I don't want, because I always say this and I feel like I offend people when I say it, but there's painters and there's modelers. And sometimes you're both. Sometimes yeah. you're one, sometimes you're the other. And there is a lot of painters in our hobby. There are not yeah. a lot of modelers. Yeah. Um, and there's amazing painters in our hobby. And there's amazing yeah. modelers. And there's a few of both. But Hey, hobby. <laughs> of both. Hobby. Oh, here we um, go. H-O-B-B-Y. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, H-O-B-B-Y. In you our said hobby. hobby. <laughs> Dang it. In our hobby. And... And that's why we wanted to do that contest was to try and bring the modeling part back of it and back to the yeah, show. I got and, that right away. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the guys weren't allowed to enter the contest anymore because they were judges or they were writing for AFM. And we wanted to give this opportunity for people to do it. And so you jumped right in with your mad monster party and, and killed it. Like you really did. Well, thank so how, you. I, how, I, I, I had an idea originally for a few years ago about something sim it was different than what it came out to be that I was waiting for speaking of Tony Cipriano remember he did those first three mad monster party toys about 10 years ago yep and he, and I wrote him I said you're going to do more he said I don't know if they're going to sell well enough cuz he wanted them and I say if he gets enough of these I'll just bash these and make a diagram but he didn't so I thought <laughs> okay model club has a size restriction what if I use one six figures of the monsters from that from that movie, the puppet. I use Universal Monsters or whatever uh, you saw in the movie version of them, and they're partying. Can I make it work in a force perspective to make it fit in the size restrictions? So I took it as a challenge to try to do it. And of course, I had to bash the crap out of a lot of those kits, which I constantly do anyway. Uh, that Frankenstein that that. That Frankenstein, uh, the the Bella Lugosi Frankenstein uh -huh. on his knee, for instance, I had to bash the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah. How, the the what did you use for the most of the like? Let, walk people through what did you use for the base, okay. like the actual yeah. frame of everything. Believe it or not, that and I wasn't sure if it was going to work, but it worked really great. That is all styrofoam. Oh wow! Okay. I have a plywood base, and then the styrofoam's on top, uh, thick uh, insulation styrofoam, the blue stuff, Okay. on top of that. But the walls uh, are all, um, I guess it was an inch, one inch, inch and a quarter styrofoam. So I had to carve it all, and I use, after carving it, I use um, styrofoam coating, which really hardens it well. <clears throat> Some good stuff that uh, Hotwire Factory makes some good stuff for that wait i've never heard of this stuff what is this yeah it's uh it's a pot uh, it's a it looks almost like a plaster okay. you mix it up and uh i sometimes i want to stick i throw some elmer's glue in it mix it up can't say plaster to jason <laughs> it's better than plaster because <laughs> plaster it, it dries differently and you can mix grit and stuff with it uh, Hot Wire Factory, it's called the uh, Foam Coat. Okay, I'll have to check that stuff out. Yeah. Cool. I have a new method I use for the other bases, which I could tell you about when we get to them. Sure. But uh, Then for the roof, 
How did I do the roof again? There was a lot of <laughs> balsa wood, basswood, I think. Uh, and that tower is all uh, at the top with the serpent uh, that the, or the tentacle coming out of it. That's uh, that's all balsa foam. Nice. I, I rounded it off and carved it. <clears throat> We're still Man. actually. I'm adding a plane to that with a zombie in it one of these days. I keep meaning to do that. <laughs> Where does it reside now? Is it is still together? I I hope. Yeah, it's in, it's in a couple okay. rooms from here. Yeah. Cool. When it comes to your kaiju kits, what's your favorite? Number one, and then how do you go about deciding? This is the scene I want to do. This is which kaiju is my favorite, or yeah. which kit is my favorite? Which kaiju, and then we can go from there. And your kids. Uh, it's a tie between Godzilla and probably King Ghidorah. I like okay. the, Rodan's right behind them. I like him a lot. Those are probably my favorites. I'm a classic guy. Yeah. I mean, I grew up uh, Channel 9 and WFLD, Channel 32, watching those shows, right? More Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's so good to have other people. Creature know. features, you know, Screaming yep. Yellow Theater, all those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where I learned about all that stuff. Yeah. And we had the uh, some of the Super 8s, too. Remember those Super 8 oh, Ken wow. films? Yeah. You get them in, like turnstile or one of those stores you get or that's where i got them jason doesn't even know what that is i don't know what turnstile it's before, is before his time yeah <laughs> oh, turnstile wasn't around a long time but it was around um i remember them selling those films at kmart though um they probably did yeah i bet you they did anybody that had a like camera section back then sometimes would sell those um those little super eight cameras yep. yeah yep. Yeah. And then, you know, like everybody else, I had a cassette recorder. So, you know, when those movies came on, you'd record them. I'm sure we all did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so and that's, yeah. So kids, this is way before VCRs uh, even. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> wow. Our first VCR was like 100 pounds. Remember those things? Yeah. With yeah. the levers. But remember, they lasted forever, though. That's true. But, we still had them. The tapes were heavier then too. They were thicker and they were a better quality. Yeah. And yep. And then everything gets cheap as shit and falls apart, just yep. like everything, yep. like cars and everything else. <laughs> man, so man. what I remember about this diorama is like we were trying to get everybody in there to set their kid up and leave, and it was like you were waiting on Robert. He's still setting up. He's still setting up. He's still setting up. <laughs> And uh, oh, but the, that's right because there were the rules for that first one. We're trying oh, yeah. to keep. Yep, yep, yep. You couldn't. You were supposed to not know who built what. So one person at a time, you were supposed to go in there and set up. But yeah. you know, when work. you start to get to know people, you say, "Oh, I know who did that. Yep. I know who did that one." Like I saw Mike Wallace and said, "Okay, that's Mike's over yeah. there." You can uh, pick people's stuff out of really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. You can pick their styles or their interests. Uh, it was, that was a, and that room, that was the first time for all of us. I mean, we were all in there. The atmosphere in there was uh, really cool. It was like, yeah, I'll throw some pictures up that I have. It, yeah. It, it was really cool to get, you know, yeah. it was people that really hadn't met before that point And that's true. Just talk about models. It was, 
It's why this kind of turned into what it is. I think. <laughs> this I'm glad you kept going with this. Yeah, me too. Sometimes. Yeah. Well. Especially when Scott makes a face like he just did. <laughs> yeah, I'm thrilled we kept going. You got to do something to keep this guy alive. Uh, <laughs> this uh, is it. Model Club. <laughs> oh, he had auditions. He had he had letters coming in. Uh, they weren't even going to let this fat body get cold. <laughs> that is true. So your Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh that's behind you, and we have yeah. pictures of. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that movie. I'm just—it's a joke. <laughs> you got me there for a second. I heard you saw the new one too. Yeah, and I'd rather watch the classic that one than that piece of shit that I wasted two hours <laughs> on. Okay, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I uh, speaking of that that movie, the new one, uh, just uh, got released in Japan finally. So uh, one of my friends there who had asked me a couple months ago, and I, I didn't give it away, I said, well, there's one that shows up at the end. I don't know if you're going to like it. It's really not a Godzilla movie. It's a Kong movie. Eh, I'm not going to say any more. So he, he texted me, uh, or IM'd me a couple days ago, said I saw it, said you were right. It's basically a Kong movie. It was the worst movie of the legendary that I've seen. And he didn't like really any of the legendaries. I haven't either, actually. And he, yeah, um, and he said the Mecha Godzilla is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it is. It is ugly. Yeah, yeah it's ugly. It is very I, ugly. He's obviously never seen Jason's beard. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> and that first, that first Mecha Godzilla was ugly, but in a cool way. Like it still had a style to it. It looked old. Right. It looked, you know, blocky. This was just like, like the Transformer movie. Yeah. Like, Extra, extra shit everywhere that you don't need. Ugh, just... They can't help themselves anymore. No. Because it's CGI now, they yep. can do it. It's like Jurassic Park, you know, the, the question, uh, just because we could do something, you never stopped and ask yourself if you should. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Just pare it yeah. down. I just Yeah, don't... yeah. Which is the charm of this yes. movie, the original one. As, as awful as that Kong suit looks, in that movie, it's the fight. The fight is fun. Flying them there in balloons. The whole thing's just Toho looniness. <laughs> Getting a raft down. when he comes off the raft and and yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And the the drink. What's he drinking? Like oh, it's the berry juice. <laughs> the berry juice. And what's he drinking? Like four little barrels. Like that would put them out. And but then, like... yeah, then then they have to be there singing their uh, chant too with the drums. Yeah. Apparently, it doesn't work without that, I guess. <laughs> What's the base kit from there? So, yeah, first of all, this kit is one of my all-time favorite kits. This is an, a new arts kit. So if you know the Japanese stuff, his things, he's the godfather of all garage kits, uh, kaiju kits there. He's still around. He's a pretty eccentric guy. But they worship him there. The real, the real modelers and sculptors there. The new A is the guy. So this one's one of my favorite ones. So I waited a long time to finally do something with it. The base wasn't much. It was just a kind of a ground base like yeah. this. I said, this isn't going to do. No. So <laughs> we made this one. And I added, I don't know if you can see it. This is a piece of one of the balloons that exploded on the rock there. 
when Kong got uh, transported there. <laughs> you, you have seen the movie, haven't you, Jason? I have seen the movie, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> so this this base is all uh, again styrofoam insulation, big thick, you know, the four inch mm-hmm. stuff. So carved the shit out of it, added rocks, uh, and I use this dirt method, which I really like, which I learned from a guy uh, uh, watching on YouTube, a train guy. Uh, it's a few steps, but it's, I don't know if you can hear it, but it's pretty hard. <clears throat> so I coat it first. I do one step he doesn't do. I coat it first with that foam coat just to harden it. Then to get this ground texture, I go outside and get real dirt and mix it up like real good with different kinds of dirt and little little maybe tiny little pieces of leaves or whatever, depending on the scale you're working in. Then I use Vallejo, uh, the the ground cover stuff. It's like the paste. Yeah. They have different ground covers. Brown, they got mud. You probably got some there. You got some? Yeah, great stuff. This is great stuff. That Frankenstein lab on the side where that groundwork is, where the creature's going to go, that's a lot of that is done okay. with that. And I slapped, I have to do it little sections at a time. So it's a step-by-step thing. I have to turn it on the side, cover it with the Vallejo stuff. Then with a shaker, sprinkle the dirt on heavy. Then once it's on, turn it, don't shake it, and just let the excess fall off. Put it back, spray rubbing alcohol on it, and then I uh, have a mixture of um, Mod Podge with water, Mod Podge glue, and I spray that on top of it. What's the alcohol do? It let without the alcohol. If you try to just spray the Mod Podge, the glue kind of just sits on top. When you put the alcohol on, you just the glue just goes. It goes right inside and becomes part of the dirt. It works great. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm here I, with Robert Trot, Robert Trock's modeling sound effects. I, <laughs> I got a lot of them. I love this. <laughs> <Burp>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it looks it looks great. Yeah, that does. Uh, I don't know if you can how well you can actually see the texture of it, but. Uh, how well it comes yeah no that yeah we can that's cool yeah okay and the trees you know i just use woodland scenics and i the ground i spend a lot of time on the bases yeah i i it's just you have to be you just have to take your time with a diorama you have to be really patient yeah for it to come out and i think bases a lot of times people just kind of it's the afterthought you know and you can tell when they've done that mm -hmm. too or you can tell if somebody's rushed a diorama. To me, it's, you know, they might the figures might be painted great, but it's just the composition of the diorama. It's just kind of like it looks like they just put them there, yeah, and didn't really think about it. <clears throat> Which is cool, but you know, <laughs> diorama should tell a story a little bit. They should. Who uh, wins? Well, it depends what you got. What uh, famous monster said, which turned out not to be true at all. Kong is the one that wins in both. There is no second version. Everybody knows this by now. For years, they always said the Japanese version, Godzilla wins. The American version, Kong won. But it's always the same ending. There was no other ending. 
Mythbusters. So there, <laughs> there you go. And then he went on to star in a horrible Peter Jackson remake. Oh, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, by all means. <laughs> Speaking of the excess you were talking about, Jason, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yes, yes. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You can, it's, uh, it's somebody that loves the movie, uh, something as much as he loves that, the original movie, you should never do your own version of it. You're too in love with it. You're too caught up in it. Yes. Yep. You should never have done it. I mean, yep. yes, there were some good looking things in it. I'll say that, but you can't I never watch it. It's like, ugh. it doesn't. Yeah. I, I'll leave it at what you said. There's some good things in there, but I think the last 10 minutes of the movie are beautiful. Yeah. It, it, yes. You know, although Naomi Watts, like, you know, if I was a hundred stories up on the outside of a building, I would be clinging on to whatever I could for fucking dear life. <laughs> Fuck you, gorilla. You're on your own. Okay. That's why Faye Ray, I buy her. She's terrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's uh, Yeah, I know. This Gator diorama. That one, that was my first no, my second kind of big major diorama. So I that was done in uh, 2001, I think it was. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> that's where I really taught myself on that diorama. I remember how to start bashing kits because at the time, some of those, to keep things in scale, you didn't just, you couldn't just get a kit from Japan they didn't have them or they were in the wrong scale or they didn't make it or they were hard to find or whatever. So like that, uh, that Manda that's wrapped around Ghidra. That's what I was just looking at. I was like, yep. wow, that's yeah. cool. The only one I found was a shittily sculpted one uh, from Monsters in Motion. Remember that? I think it was around a monorail. Okay. And I had to uh, cut it all up. I had to completely re-sculpt, add to the head, and add detail. I had to fit them around Ghidra and re-sculpt the scales. Oh, oh man. That was, that was uh, but, you know, it, I, it taught me that, you know, you, you got it. When you're doing that stuff and you're so far away from finishing it, you just got to stay with it because the reward is there when you're done. You look at it and say, whoa. True. Very you true. get to a point in a diorama where you got doubts. Oh, is this going to work? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it's but a point then, in life where you have doubts. That's yeah. Oh, <laughs> how many? How many yeah, times? I know. Right. Uh, these peeking Godzillas, where they're like peeking over the corners, and how big are these? Oh, like, those looks like the appearance of Godzilla. Yeah, I made those. That those are Kyoto. Little Coyote the vinyl. Coyote ones? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, are the uh, the fifty four peeking over the hill is a Coyote. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that one, that was the first time I used little end scale people. I don't know if you can see them on there. I can see them. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I had to try to repose those a little bit so they were running. That was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. That one too. Uh, and then the other one, yeah, that's the fifty five appearance. That one is a Yuji Sakai uh, resin kit, but I couldn't get the one with the base, so I made that base. Uh, I gotta go. I've always wanted to go back in and accessorize that base a little better, but 
who knows? Sometimes it's like hard that. to go back. That, yeah. that yeah, movie I've never seen. Which one? Oh, uh, Gigantus or yeah. whatever. You know, it, it's I, Godzilla raids again. I've never mm. seen it. I've never seen it. I started watching it one night and it was like, oh, this is bad. It is pretty bad. <laughs> the American one with all the added stuff in it is even crazier. And so, Scott, here we have. What are all these boxes? Because this gives Scott's collection almost a run for its money down here. Well, one of those rooms, uh, the one room's with boxes on both sides, that's the room with all the kaiju kits in it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I would venture to guess Robert has more kits than I do. Yeah, I, Maybe. yes, I think so. Although he hasn't done oh, his inventory yet. For so. the criminals, where is this room located? In the basement. Let's get an address, Robert. <laughs> you know, I, not that we'll use it in the episode. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we want to send you a I thank you a card. Fake, the... <laughs> yeah. Mine's almost too organized. It's kind of scary, but. Yeah. yeah I yeah. saw yours. I saw pictures of yours and said, oh, shit. He's got, um, mine's never going to look like that. Yeah, Scott's looks like a serial killer collection. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the guy with dead shit and jars. Yeah, at least house. it's kind of yeah, haphazard and not. <laughs> uh and the I other one put, that's <laughs> go ahead oh the other one uh, i have to put those kits in how they fit you know so yeah that's how it, hmm. yeah i have I a would, function over like form them all the time yeah when i was doing my inventory i was you know i boxed up um you know a few of the kyoto godzillas i have the small ones and i had the 62 the 64 and the 68 I have the 54 that's actually built and painted, thank you, um, in my room. But so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so um, so I'm looking, and all of a sudden, it's like, I can't find one of them. And I'm like, where the fuck's the 68? Where's the 68? I can't find it. I know I have it. I'm 99% sure I didn't sell it or trade it. You know. And then it dawns on me. I opened the box, I think, for the 62. And the 68 boxes in there folded together because, you know, you could fold those real easy. Right, right. And the kit's in the same box. So, uh, but I had forgotten I had done that because you could do that with those Kyotos because they were so small true. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so that's how I found it. But it's, do so you, I wouldn't recommend ahead. doing that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've done something like that. It drives, it drives you crazy. Where the hell was that kit? Do you know parents? everything you have in that room? Your kaiju room? I like to say yes, but <laughs> now as the years are going by, there might be a handful of things where I'm saying, I think I still got that one. <laughs> but most of them, I mean, all of, that's all, all that stuff, most of that, you know, 95% of that's from Japan, uh, that stuff in there. And then where's I mean, the rest of your, because it's not just Godzilla models well, and kaiju no. models. Where's well, the that rest? other picture is the other stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know Universal Monsters, Hammer, King Kong, sci-fi stuff, Styrene Kit, you know, a lot of that stuff's in the, that other room. You pretty much bought every Jaeger classic, didn't you? I bought all of them. Did you? Okay. I had a, got all of them. What are you working on these days? What's your next project? This is one. This is the biggest. This, this is probably the biggest one I've done. We've done. This one, <laughs> yeah. Go bigger. So go this, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's all this one's uh, all Japanese stuff in it, 
but it uh, takes place here in the United States. That's all I'll say about it. Okay. This is going to be this was going to be the Model Club one. Fourteen characters in it. <laughs> one of them's the centerpiece. Uh, a big one. The big one. And uh, what I will say, it takes place uh, in Kentucky. I'll say that. <laughs> and this is a sneak peek you gave us. This little. That little thing, yeah, that's uh, uh-huh. Eric painting a little bit of the, or fake, fake pose painting, I think it was. Yeah, I, yes. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the part of the base. So this thing, you know, the base is, I forget the length of it now, but it's probably, uh, I don't know, about this long, I'm saying. And about this probably about this deep at the deepest part we have a whole backstory for it it's a, it's a fun one it's a it's a really it's a funny one kind of funny there's good. good stuff in it and there's all kinds of stuff i haven't tried in it before and it's uh it's a bear this one every single kit was bashed in it all 14 of them some of Can them extensively what scale those kits are the the big one well scale with kaiju kits is doesn't give you okay it's nice to say uh the size the big one is about uh i think from top of the head the bottom's about 14 15 inches tall so that's gonna be okay and it's wide and the other kits are smaller much smaller i'm excited Uh, this will be cool yeah yeah. me too i want to see this thing done (laughs) because now it's what i've been working at i was gonna say when did you start a year and a half okay yeah yeah, at least. Uh, with a lot of help from my buddy Matt Lawrence again. <laughs> we'll we'll plug him in. We'll put his this is not a Starlighting. <laughs> yeah, Starlighting uh, Projects. Uh, Starlighting Projects uh, commercial here. Uh. <laughs> we'll link to him again. We've, I definitely will. Um, so you also do a big Halloween show. And you we shared did. a video. We're gonna, I'll play this here in a couple seconds for everyone. Um, can you walk us through that? Because this looks fun. This, if I lived by you, I would be there, and I would be doing something with you for this. Oh, I would have loved it. We could have used you. <laughs> I might even uh, fly out for this one. Point. It's there. We don't do them anymore, so Dang! they're done. No! <laughs> yeah. They, uh, here in uh, Brooklyn, in this neighborhood, Clinton Hill is my neighborhood, it's called. Uh, they do something called the Halloween Walk here. So that is uh, certain houses. They they hand out a map to people at a, at a special place that you can go uh, garden, a public garden, if you know where it is. You get a map, and it lists the houses that have the candy and that have any attractions like we used to do. Like, for instance, there's a, the band uh, next door to me that I used to do the show in the back uh, is the Dead Zombie Band. And it's, there's about eight or nine pieces to it. And they play. It's great. It's uh, they're professional musicians, so it's, they dress up and they play. <clears throat> and so we get a lot of people. We get, I mean, some of the houses. If you look at the kids, and it's like a bread line uh, during the depression, <laughs> waiting for candy. <laughs> it's amazing. So uh, another house did a big show. They, some of the people like worked on Broadway and stuff, so they set out a stage out front. The woman has an old mansion converted. There's a few of those in this neighborhood. And she used to do a haunted house and moved it outside. Me, we just dressed up and scared the kids out front. 
But then one year I talked to my friend Greg. I uh, said, let's dress up. We'll do a Ghidra Godzilla fight. And we had these suits. So we did that out front. Then next year, Eric came by. That's Eric who I do dioramas with now, who's a friend of Greg's. And I said, let's do, a, uh, let's do an actual stage show right out front. We can build a little set, which we did. It was Frankenstein meets the Wolfman with, with Dr. Frankenstein. We had these big blood packs. And, you know, I had dialogue in it for the scientists, and the kids were going crazy, monsters fighting. So then the next year, uh, I had done this. Uh, I, when I, get, I came in, I, I helped finance this independent movie called Showdown of the God because they shot some of it in my what I used to have I call my Godzilla room. And it had George Takei in it. So I knew these two writers, and they. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah, so he was, oh my! So I got to. Well, we shot one night with him. That's all. But I didn't pay for him. Jim, one of the writers, who's the producer. This was like a fourteen-minute short, fifteen minutes, or no? Maybe it's closer. To, no, I think it's like fifteen minutes short. Uh, so the night we shot with George Takei, I was there. So I got to talk with George all night. It was great. He's actually a really great guy. <laughs> so hanging out with him. <laughs> and he he talks just like you'd expect him to. But why, why do you love Godzilla so much? I'm not sure. Because he's from Japan. I guess puzzled. He didn't seem to care about it. So go figure. <laughs> so Yeah, weird. Uh, uh I met a guy, Chuck, a young guy who liked old-time special effects. He wanted to be part of the show. So we had this core crew. So we repeated. We made a more elaborate set out front. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. And then we had Dracula in it. And we had this uh, – uh, we wrote a script for it. And we had a little bit of sound effects. We had a guy doing sound effects. So then the next year it grew. And then the next year we built a, went back to the back and built a stage outside. Remember, all these shows are free. They're outside. By the end, we had huge sets. We had a sound design guy. We would go in the sound studio and pre-record everything. We had scripts that we start working on in February or January. <laughs> we have start building the suits, the monster suits. We had a wrestling show, which was my favorite, Monsters Wrestling with King Kong as a referee. It's, it was fucking great. We did it 10 <laughs> years in a row. But the work you had to put into those... It was just astronomical, and you know it was expensive. We took donations, but we didn't get enough. Yeah. Oh dear God! It's on his Internet Movie Database. Is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Showdown of the Gods with a Z. It says short. He played Ono. I bet he did. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> If you ever want to see it, it's not that good. Ran out of money, so it just, just kind of ends suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> Movie's over. I mean, it, it has an ending, but it ends yeah. really quick. So uh, we did these shows for 10 years, and when, about two years before we were – it was 2013, I realized that the crew was starting to fracture a little. And I'm thinking, let's go – We'll finish this show. We'll do two more. We'll finish with 10 years, and that's going to be it. We'll do a big, big, huge one on the last one. I'm going to be, I'm done with this by then. <clears throat> so we did. So we did 10 years straight. 
Every show was a different show. It was no repeats. We had some cool stuff. The kids, uh, we either they loved it or we scared the shit out of them. And I loved <laughs> either one of them. When a kid cried, I loved it. That's the knew, best. That's the yeah. best. Because we knew he, that yeah. kid was going to come back the next yep. year. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I just want everyone to know Robert Trock has an internet movie database. Um, Do I? Yes, Robert, producer, writer, visual effects, known for <laughs> Showdown what? of the Gods and The Basement. Okay. Oh, right. She did that. Yeah, I did another little short, The Basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you do commissions for anyone, or are you just your own? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm not interested in commission stuff. I got enough just yeah. to do to, to keep up. And I probably... I know you do. I know that other guys like Charlie did do things for the magazine. Like if I was ever asked, they'd probably say, no, I don't want yeah, it's. I don't want to bother with that. I, I'm getting to that point. <laughs> yeah. Hard. I just want to build a thing. And I'm still, and I'm all kind of old school. I was talking with Mike Wallace a couple of weeks ago about this. We still like, you know, work with our hands. We're hand guys. Yeah. So if I can make certain things, I'll still do it. Even though I got a 3D printer and, and I've been learning how to use it. And I, Mike uh, from a Kaiju modeler, you know, you know, Matt mm -hmm. Evangelista yep. and Ed and those guys, he's, he's helping me out with that stuff. Cause he's a whiz at that, but uh, you know, for buildings and things, it's good, but for other stuff, I still like to get my hands yeah. dirty. So I'm noticing your library behind you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, <sighs> You know, you have a lot of omnibuses there. I do. And uh, how do you find reading those things? Because I've got a few of them, and I'm like, how the fuck do you read this thing? Like, if you put it in your lap, your legs are going to fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> right. And uh, so, like, I get Masterworks is my thing. I, I collect, like, the Marvel Masterworks. because those they're are cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and oh. I've gotten most of those from the beginning, you yeah. know. Oh, well. Some of those, uh, there's there's people out there just collect those, and some of those have been out of print for a long time. Some of those old ones, mm -hmm. you can uh, here. Look at this. He's wireless. How that. do we get like that? What the? Well, this is my. Uh, I have oh. to use this for when I do the fitness stuff. Okay. Because I'm moving around, <laughs> I need a headset. It's a it's a bad sounding mic. Sounds like I'm talking on a telephone, but works. They do these now. These epic collections. Yeah, I've been seeing those too, and I have a few of those as well. Those are nice, and these are these are very readable. The omnibuses, the really huge ones, you got to sit at a table to read those. Like that Jack Kirby, Sports World, that thing's like a phone book. <laughs> yeah. Well, like which one do I have? I'll, I'll look over here. Uh, I think it's the Howard the Duck one, and it's like just yeah, I have huge. That. And uh, uh, Thor, the Walt Simonson Thor one. Oh, that's a like, fat one. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's, um, yeah. oh, you know, and it's so, yeah, I've got a ton of masterworks. Most of them are still sealed. Um, I don't go with the retro covers because I think they start charging $10 more. And I, uh, yeah, yeah. So I just, once they resume, because they did, I think the first 26 and then they stopped for a long time and then they started doing them again. So, um, <clears throat> so I have those first 26 in the original. You know the way they were, and uh... well, I have found that 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 whole world that there's especially during last year, 
the the collectors like uh, it got things were selling out so fast people were jumping in so a lot of these omnibuses when i'm re when unless it's ones i really want to keep once i'm done reading them i sell them and if they're out of print people will pay double cover on stuff on some of those things or, or more if it's out of print a long time that first thor they're finally reprinting that this year but it had been out of print like 10 years people are paying like Four hundred, five hundred dollars for that? What? For an omnibus? <laughs> yeah, okay. I know the the Spider Man that reprinted the uh, yeah. the original Clone Saga, which started with the death of Gwen Stacy up through Spider Man one forty nine. I think it's Spoilers! two masterworks. Spoilers! It's fucking thirty, forty years ago. If you don't know by now, <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, they throw the ring in the volcano too. There, I spoiled that fucking eight hour. Oh! Movie. So, um, but. Even those it's masterworks Mount are going for like hundred dollars or over a hundred dollars, and I'm like, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it it went up, especially in the last year. And speaking of comics, the other thing I have, which I don't think I sent any pictures, I got a pretty decent Bowen uh, collection too. None uh, of them are up here. I have that problem too. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I think I have almost all the busts, with oh the exception of a few of the variants. Yeah. Um, I actually had a regular Silver Surfer chromed because I wasn't going to pay $500 for a, yeah, right. the same sculpt. <laughs> right, right. And I don't have the um, Sasquatch with the cubed base. I have the uh, the other one, you know. and Right. Um, and I think hey, there's you know, a few you know other, like... Bones, right? Huh? The Bowens, Jason, you know the Bowen statues, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't the know. The Marvel ones? So, <laughs> yeah. other than that, I have most of the busts, you know. I've um, repaired a couple for people, but I don't own any. Yeah, and then I have, I think I had 52 huh. of the full-size statues. And that's oh, it. so we're, we're right there, about the yeah. same with that. To me, I mean, I used to have some sideshow ones. I sold them all because they take up too much damn room. They're expensive. And to tell you the truth, I like the Bowens better because they look See, like they stepped out of the comics. Thank you. Thank you. And that's what I've been telling people forever. The sideshow stuff is nice, but yeah. it's the Bowen stuff just looks like it did in the comics. Yeah, yeah and it's cool. Um, I have a few sideshow pieces. I have the, uh, I did buy the Thanos on the throne because I thought. Oh, that was, that was, that was amazing. That was beautiful. Um, the Galactus that's, bust. Do you remember the Galactus yeah, bust? Yeah. I yep. thought that was well done. And of all the other things I have, the bullseye, I thought they had, they did a bullseye from daredevil and I showed the, the one that sideshow did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good too. So yeah. those are the only ones I've gotten. They've done some other ones that I like, but they're always so stylized that it's, I know, I know. You know and they're beautiful. I'm, I'm with you. They're beautiful, but yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what you're saying. I have, uh, I have some Lord of the Rings statue. Yeah, no one cares. Don't, no one I cares. don't have any. You know what? Have a garage sale. Okay. Thank you yeah, so much uh, for joining us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if people want to get a hold of you for any reason, any contact info you want to give out, find yeah, you on Facebook uh, or Facebook is easy. You just okay. message me there. Uh, that's the easy way. I assume anyone everyone on there is on Facebook. If anyone <laughs> wants to start a Halloween show in their neighborhood, they should call. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't. Well, uh, apparently. Uh, Robert's 
been executive producer. So if you have some film <laughs> ideas you want to run by him, maybe yeah, you can run. throw some yeah, yeah. money at your project. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so model kits. Uh, uh, I'll leave you with this. I know you want to finish, but oh, no. when I saw all the great statues coming out and those McFarland uh, uh, action figures that were coming out at the time, I saw how well those were done and said to myself, just painting a kid and putting it on a little base on a table, that's not good enough anymore. I got to step up my game. So, you know, diorama. Yeah, and here we are. Boom, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, I hope to see uh, yes. you guys at Wonderfest. Are you going to be there this year? You think you're going to go? Oh, for okay. sure. I'm going to bring right. probably, hopefully, three dioramas to that the big one probably this one which nobody saw there and uh another one that awesome. we hope to have done so can't wait to see you there yeah. it'll be fun it's gonna be fun and uh you guys were there so uh i assume there's a lot of familiar faces weren't yeah that's yeah there yeah. more than i thought there would be yeah i, yeah. I have to say yeah there was uh, a much bigger crowd than i thought was that's enemy. that's true. Based on the pictures I saw, I was like, "Oh, man, I'm I didn't think it was going to be that kind of show." But yeah, yeah. No, we had a lot of fun. Um, a lot of embarrassing moments. Uh, you know, kind of people coming up to us and like, "Are you okay. the model club guys?" And it's like, "Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, can I send you my show down to the gods? You can maybe autograph it for me." <laughs> uh, we did give out an autograph photo. I, I will say. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, actually, Scott Johansson mooning me. So, uh, yeah. Yo, God. Ah! <laughs> Smile for the camera. Love God. There you go. Sorry, Jason. You can't unsee that one. Ah. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Good. Oh, all right, man. Glad we finally did this. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you soon. And again, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for your support with Model Club in the very beginning. And it's great having you on. It really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. Same here. Uh, I mean, see, you're the healthy one doing push-ups and shit. Well, uh, yeah, he'll be the first one to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be sitting here fat, cancer-free, and there's trucks laying. I did a hundred push-ups and that fucker's doing. He said, "Ah, truck had a brain hemorrhage. Dropped that." <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining. See you All around. Robert. Bye. And we're back, Robert. He's a ball of energy. Yes, he is. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't start doing push-ups. I know. I think that's oh. what happens when you exercise and eat well. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have energy. And he gets up and his like shirt fits and he's not yeah, fat. Son and, of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> yeah. But we hate him. We're editing his interview down to like 20 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. <laughs> just Yeah. All right, you're done. Just yeah. be him okay, smiling great. and then no one cares. Up. Yeah. Uh thank you for joining us tonight. It, it was cool. And I really, I cannot wait to see what they're working on next. The thing's going to be huge and crazy as always. And it's exciting. We'll see him at Wonderfest. If everything goes well. But. All right. Emails and corrections. All righty. Uh, I, I don't know where to start putting these things. So we're moving it down to the emails and corrections. And I think we may have to put. And I'm not trying to make light of this. I'm dead serious about this. 
we have may have to start like an obituary section because it happens every episode now and i don't want to do that but i don't want to start the show with it anymore because it's so just depressing and mm-hmm. to start like that it, it's hard and we lost two more people uh dennis mcdougall we lost before uh but we didn't have any really any details until uh this episode so scott you know i don't know that i knew dennis but i when i see him i know i've seen him um at yeah. wonderfest and stuff and he was on the clubhouse i believe he was mcd and so i know he posted he had a presence there and uh from what i've read you know everyone has good things to say about him you know and uh um his daughter elizabeth just did this drawing of him and uh i i think it was fitting that we could share that here and uh i'm sure they're all still touched by their loss and we're sorry for your loss and yeah we uh, were we were friends on facebook and i would i mean when he posts stuff i'd see it and it's like one of those guys it's just and again it's weird how the hobby has its circles where you kind of don't mingle with other people sometimes but when facebook comes in you'll see everyone's posts you'll recognize a name on the clubhouse and it's 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 just it's sad so dennis uh suck have you gone along these same lines i got a message from mark worthling uh, i think he knew we were recording today and wanted to make sure we got this in there but uh John Harding passed away as well and lost his battle with cancer. And another guy that's been around forever. And it's just, it's, it's just getting, I have a feeling this is going to be happening a lot more and I don't really know what to do with it in this part of the show, but John Harding, anything you want to say, Scott? Um, I didn't, again, another name that was out there that I knew um, who he was and um he was really active on the aurora boards too if i'm not yeah. mistaken he uh did a little like aurora plaque that he did and i think rob madison did a um mm-hmm. review of that maybe we can post a link here um because i know rob posted about it today as well and rob reviewed his aurora plaque and um hey again it's i first of all you know and i know i kid about it but you know, when I see something like this, it, uh, you know, and it was posted, John lost his battle with cancer today. You know, I, I guess I, I, again, I make light of it. It's a coping skill, but, you know, you got to look at it and go, I'm lucky. Yeah. You know, at this point, I'm lucky. Yep. Now, will that stop me from making light of it? Probably not. No. But <laughs> it, it's, everybody copes differently. Yep. But um, having been through a scare, um, you know, I can certainly sympathize with, again, his family and friends and, um, you know. Yep. It's tough. And, like it, it's, you know, and I'm getting tired of doing this every episode. I know. I almost like <laughs> it, it's I don't want to stop doing because I think it's important. And I, but it's just it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. You know how the cops have to deal with bad stuff all the time <laughs> you have to go out and yeah do and 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 yeah and it is and it's you know and it's it's probably going to continue it is i hope it doesn't but okay for the next five episodes please nobody die i just yeah please. <laughs> get this five yeah episodes. We'll, we'll do a thing like you know when you're at work and you'll say so many days without an accident yeah Maybe we should do that so, so many, many episodes, episodes without someone passing away that'd be great but so. our, our hearts go out to and both not to make things. light of it no, of not, course that's how i cope too and it's 
I, I mean, our hearts go out to both these families. We'll move on. Uh, again, hang in there, everybody, and take care of yourself because it's tough. All right, corrections. We have corrections this time, Scott. Two big we ones. Do. Okay, two big ones. We forgot two magazines that are huge. We didn't say anything about <laughs> famous monsters. So Vince Simonelli sent us a bunch of pictures from famous monsters that is about like the model making. Um, and I know you've talked about this and you've shared, I know these were probably closer to your heart than I, than, than I, because I wasn't old enough yet, but please check out these pictures. I'm going to put up while we talk about it. Scott, anything you want to say about any of this and how it impacted you or. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So this yeah. was um, famous monsters. Number 32. So little, I was a little young when Famous Monsters 32 came out. However, and, and again, one of the cool things about Famous Monsters was you could buy back issues. And man, they would ship to you too. They would be in like newsstand mint condition. It was awesome. It would take forever to get them. But I think you talked about this this yeah. issue before, right? Or and so okay. um this was an issue that I knew there was King Kong in the cover. And I was being the King Kong nut that I am. And all I could see is the little thumbnail and the back issue thing. And I was like, well, I'll get that. It's got King Kong on it. Okay. And so when I get this thing, to my surprise, and because I had already, you know, done Aurora models and stuff, it has this contest in it. And again, because I would, you know, and I have talked about this, I played with my monster models because there were no figures, really. I was like, man to build one of these dioramas and be able to play with it especially the one that's under the monster maker mm -hmm. or you know where the phantom's coming down and the hunchback and the creatures in the corner in a tube i was like man that would be so cool i could just play for hours with that you know um so yeah this was really you know kind of inspiring and got me you know loving aurora monsters just a little bit more again yeah. So, um, and just look like I love the the work that went into these dioramas. You could just like that King Kong in the train is mm -hmm. just so cool, and to be done with an Aurora kit, like come on, that's and no, back to be then, done with an Aurora kit in nineteen sixty, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. Uh, the Frankenstein. The, uh, if you look at the pictures of the kids too, they're not older guys; <laughs> they're kids. No, and, and the Frankenstein in the chair, I thought, was, for the time, extremely well done. Because, I mean, that was reposed. Yeah. And I remember looking at this, and this was long before Garage Kits even. I was like, how do you repose something like that? Yeah. Um, so and Even to get this certificate, if someone has one of those. If you're one of these kids, and you're watching this show, please contact us. If you're one of the kids that were in this issue, contact us, please. I'd love to interview I, I think it was, um, and I'm sorry, I'm moving the photos again. Um, someone somewhere contacted off of Facebook, Greg Gelman, who won first prize nationwide. Oh, yeah. And they did contact him and did a little interview, but like he's not still involved. You know, he's one of these Aurora guys, I guess, didn't get the note about going into garage kits. Oh, yeah. He got a girlfriend and then said, forget but, this. Uh, stuff. <laughs> But anyway, um, you know, so I just thought it was cool they did contact him. Um, I don't recognize any of the names yeah. in here, but man, if any of you guys are uh, out there, that would be We'd great love to, to talk hear to you. Them. It would be cool. 
Um, The second magazine we forgot, and I can't believe I forgot it because I'm in it, (laughs) is Nightmares in Plastic. And I think I forgot them because I had them tucked away so that they didn't get damaged in a different box. Mm -hmm. And when I was grabbing my magazines, uh, I, I wanted to try and keep these pretty pristine. Now, for those of you who don't know, Nightmares in Plastic, this is issue zero. And this had our old co-host, uh, Steve Riojas, is on there, whose birthday was just... Happy birthday, Steve. Today. It'll Today. air yeah, one, later, yeah. but Steve, if you're watching, happy birthday. Happy birthday, man. Um, 66, I think. Oh, boy. Getting up there. This was put out by Rainer Engel and Mike Valsigno uh, back in the late 2000s. I'm guessing like May, two, May 2007 is when these came out. This was the first issue, Zero. And it wasn't a how-to book at all. It was just straight. Uh, I could throw the overhead camera on. Let me do that. Uh, these were just straight, like, kind of build-up picture books, which I really liked with interviews and kind of histories on uh, different garage kit companies. This first one was uh, Takea and Future. and the builder spotlight was Steve and it just kind of just goes through and shows buildups. A lot of my work is featured in here too, uh, because they're trying to scramble to get pictures together and it's a really cool magazine. I wish they had kept doing it and they only they do three issues. I think it was three or maybe because I only have these two. Maybe I don't know. I don't think I was the last one. So then this is the last issue. Was it one more? Yeah. So this one, I'm look, look at that. Waste your life painting. There's me. So it's me, Moses, uh, William, Paquette, and Forbidden Zone highlights. And again, it it's look. There's me without a beard. Still bald as hell though. <laughs> and oh, that's my old studio and my old apartment. Um, and it just kind of goes through and spotlights me and spotlights William and and Moses and they're just they were really 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 good magazine and i i kind of wish they were still going um i think it just got too expensive and it was it's tough to do a magazine it really is so nightmares in plastic we forgot about and i can't believe we did and i could go get it if you want i believe this was kind of a spinoff of a book that rainer did yes nightmares in plastic which i do i have over there probably have over here um you know where he featured buildups, um, Rainer. Yeah. You know we need to have Rainer on one time. That would be note fun. to self. Get, get Rainer on. That would. It be was fun. exactly ten years ago that I was at in Germany and I visited Bern and Rainer. Oh my gosh, I'm old. I can't believe this. And I believe you forgot another one. Did you forget another one? We forgot Creaturescape, but we had talked about that before. But that was the DVD. It wasn't actual prehistoric time. Prehistoric times was the other one we forgot. And there was some model building in there too. So we did forget prehistoric times and it's fun. I was, it's upstairs and I just didn't grab it. So, okay. Emails. Are you ready for me I'm to ready. mumble through these? <laughs> Thank God. We're, we are going long. So I'm going to try and read fast. Oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From Uncle Marty Nero. First, congratulations on reaching episode 25. As always, really enjoyed the episode. So interesting to see those old magazines, many I had never seen before. Indeed, I too brought, bought some kits from John F. Green, and it was fun to see an early ad from John Dennett. Man, 
He's the godfather of resin kit, as Rob calls him. Certainly as an artist, it would be so interesting as an interview, his history, new kits, and his take on 3D printing. We are still working on getting John Dunnett as a guest. So we're not working on it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. When John's we keep asking. Um got some things wrapped up and yep. he's got some time. He's getting come on. And I'm uh, gonna if that Eugene Jeep isn't ready, I am going to ride him. <laughs> uh on the idea of what Philip states, he called Phil Philip. He's so he's so Well, he is Philip on Facebook. Oh, okay. On the idea of what Philip states, considering bringing more concerning bringing more kids on the 50s sci-fi boom, I think this void has been done previously, certain more of a baby boomer attraction. Me personally, I have no idea what would be cool to bring forth to capture both the old and the youth into the hobby. I do know that there are areas that I have never seen produced and would love to see be sculpted. I've always been a fan of Norm Saunders. Who's Norm Saunders? I don't know. I'm going to get beat up by Marty in an email. Am I supposed to know that? Am I supposed to know? No. Do you know who Norm Saunders is? I'm going to tell you in a second. Oh, you're Googling. That's not fair. That's Uh, my job. I'm I'm stats. (laughs) I originally discovered his work in 1966 when I was seven years of age with the Batman gum card. I would love for someone to do a Norm Saunders Catwoman. I would love to see more characters from the pulps and movie serials. But again, very much aware that this is more of an old generation interest. Other ideas would be creators of the comic. A Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby sculpt would be cool, too. I agree. More of those. So Norm Saunders did the art for the Batman cards. Oh, gotcha. That's kind of what I figured as we And uh, he was actually, um, yeah, here's where we're going to feel like dummies. Norm Saunders was a prolific 20th century American commercial artist. He's best known for his paintings and pulps. And, uh, oh, he's done some wacky packages, Mars Attacks. So. Um, cool. Is there, is there a lot of Jack Kirby stuff? out there isn't that what cipriano's doing well yeah and a lot of guys kind of sculpt the characters in um style of kirby bowen actually did a bust of kirby which i thought okay. was cool that is kind of cool and uh you know unfortunately and it would probably be dangerous to do but if someone could do a stan lee bust or a kirby bust in the style of the bust george does with the uh yeah. stuff on the base have the characters on the base that'd be really cool those would be cool so um all right again i think you're uh you're barking up a cease and desist tree there (laughs) so you better get them out quick uh from philip hello boys seems like only last year that you started this insanity no wait it was a year ago (laughs) happy belated first birthday i saw the balloons party favors but where was the birthday cake i don't like cake that much you like cake? Yes, you do. Look at you. Um, what? You guys didn't watch any movies? I watched one on Amazon Prime titled Parallel. I guess I'd label it as a suspense thriller and involves traveling to and from a parallel universe via a mirror. <laughs> that sounds... Also known as Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, I had my doubts when I read the description before I watched it, but I really liked it. and I think you will like it. All right, I'll check it out. Scotty, I'm so proud of you for finally building something and creating those customizing pieces for the Wacky Racers Dragon. Look at that. I know they do it in Hollywood, but for the newbies in 3D printing of figure kits, is there a way to scan a three-dimensional figure to create a 3D file for printing? Yes. And someone is doing it right now. Um, 
we'll talk more about that when we when I think we do our 3D episode. Yes. Cuz there's um some... and there is a way um I do know this. I do know that a good scanner is really expensive. There yeah, but I just saw someone there's a video there's you can buy a scanner for your phone and scan things with your phone and then print them out. I just there was a YouTube link for something that I'll have to look into it. Really? Yeah. Um, there's an app. There's an app for it. Of course there is. As for figure models and monsters from the 80s B movies, or should we say Jason's favorite slasher movies? I'm not a huge slasher fan. Not I'm not. Uh, but I digress. Yes, there were kits made for a lot of 80s movies, as earlier mentioned, the film Humanoids for the Deep. Right off, I can think of three made from that movie, which is, I think, true. Uh, one, a bust from alternative image is offered. Another full figure and doc was produced from Dimensional Designs. And lastly, one that I think was spot on was produced by a company called Morpho Genius. I like that company. They had good stuff. Morphogenesis. Uh, Morphogenesis. Morphogenesis. Morphogenesis, you genius. Morphogenesis. Morphogenesis. <laughs> My dyslexia sucks. Morphogenius. <laughs> You're a morpho fucking genius. Leave that in. You moron. Okay, God. <laughs> All these years, I thought I was morpho genius. Genus. Like genus. Like genus as in like species. They also offered a deluxe version of that kit with a nude female victim, which the mother could customize as Miss Salmon. If you have seen the film, yes. Uh, my hope is that someone would produce me a complete... Would. My hope is that someone would help me complete my collection of a Paul Blaisdell monster figure kits by producing a voodoo woman kit, a ghost of drag strip hollow kit, and a bust of umbrella creature over the doctor's head from the film, not of this earth, not the Tracy Lord's remake. I'll go for the Tracy Lord one. Scotty, you need to watch the first pumpkin head film. Yeah, it's it fits in with other slasher films, but it's one I like. Give it a shot. Finally, I enjoyed the Peter Jackson second ending you need to include some of those after the viewers gallery on an occasional episode. We put them on a lot. If people make it that far. All right. This is from Mark Bennett. Uh, since you're planning to do a resin printing episode soon, I shall share a thought that I recently, that recently occurred to me concerning that very topic. I haven't heard of anyone else mentioning this, but have you considered how resin printing and the fact that pretty much all larger prints are printed with a hollow interior lends itself to adding LED lighting to model kits. And in fact, that UV resin comes in a lot of different semi-transparent colors and suddenly making that campfire flicker or evil tattoos on a demon glow, a ghostly green becomes a lot easier to accomplish. Need a dramatic flood lighting? Drill a few holes in the base and stick a LED in there. Then hide it behind some rubble. Also, lighting rigs are getting cheaper and a lot easier to find as well. Yeah, I know that some vinyl and rotocast kits have some of the same properties, but at least to me, the easier access to clear or tinted resin could be a game changer. You've got all this empty space inside these printed kits. Are you sleeping? Mm. <laughs> You've got all this empty space inside these kits anyway, so why not print some of them, at least some portions of them, in a tinted re resin or plan your build of the kit in such a way that puts that space to good use? I agree. And I, ha I just saw somebody talking about how to mix white and the beige resin, I think it was, or no, white and the smoke colored to create like a light bulb color. So it's not completely clear and it's not white and it gives you kind of that. So yeah, you could play around with that and print a lot of that stuff. Um, so it does give you different effects. And I think that is really cool. 
and it is a lot easier to get through a 3D printed uh, kit than it is a straight resin kit if you're trying to throw wires into something. Absolutely. And finally, from uh, Logan Taurus, the giant claw, that friggin' cheap puppet. Yes, you can see the strings holding that piece of crap up. And they made a model kit of it. Really? It's one of the worst B-movies. Reptilicus, that cheap foam lizard, you can also see the string-making movie so bad. And a few model kits made of it. The one movie called To Hell Tabunga. Tabungaya? <laughs> the giant tree monster. It's a wonder that guy didn't fall on his face in that suit. Crawling eye? Oh, let's make a movie with a giant eyeball. Yeah, we got the budget for that. And yes, there's a model kit for that. How about Or how about the creature from the haunted sea that prize a green mass of some shape that had a ping pong ball eyeballs and somebody thought that would be cool to make a kit of that. It conquered earth, the giant red cucumber. So precious, numerous kits. Fandom from 1000 leagues, a leftover suit from outer limits and an added to pull off. It's different. It looked like a costume that was rotting away. I think that is a kit. And let's move forward to the late sixties. War of the Gargantuas. Now I'll admit I've seen this recently. Bigfoots with mange. They like to wrestle with each other. There is no mention of WWF in this movie. Another one grows for others. Do you hear that, Mark Worthling? I know. (laughs) Mark Worthling, do you hear that? Another one grows from other one's piece of skin or toenail that floats to the ocean. How special. Numerous kits of this. Why? Some act in this movie. Some act as if this movie is high cinema. What are people smoking? The giant monoliths of that stupid magic bro rock movie. I wonder somebody (laughs) was on decided to make that movie. And sadly, there's a kit of that. LOL. There are so many bad B movies, maybe grade Z movies, that kits were made of those movies. And 80s gets largely ignored. Why? It's some kind of bad. Is it some kind of bad thing to make 80s boo movie monsters? There's a lot out there to choose from. Is somebody willing to do this as a kit? I do think Scott needs to watch a child play movie with Jason. All the child's play movies. And one weekend with a life-size Chucky doll sitting next to Scott, that will talk to him. So much fun. And then he has a follow-up. <laughs> It's like a sentence. Because I don't spend enough time with Jason. I know. <laughs> However, there were a handful of bee monsters that were the good. The thing, yes, Scott hasn't seen it yet. Die. And this island, Earth, and Forbidden Planet. And yes, Ray Harryhausen. I grew up with his movies and enjoy them time to time. But X Plus and a few others overdid that genre of movie. We need a fresh perspective in this hobby. I know 80s are old now. It's being sadly overlooked. It's a good place to start. Yes, boo movies in the 50s and 60s started this hobby in the 90s. That's been 30 years now. It's time to move forward with this hobby. This is Logan Taurus. So if you want to uh, answer Logan's beef, send us an email. And those are not the uh, thoughts of Model Club TV. Those are Logan. All right, Scott, did we solve any problems? Um, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Take care, everyone.